This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast the official podcast of comicbookclick.com and as you know i am never alone sir please introduce yourself i am dan the comic book man dan the comic man is here in studio also a contributor to comicbookclick.com thank you very much and we are here to talk about what could quite possibly be the most ambitious crossover in comic book media history i mean this thing uh this thing spanned five episodes uh close to five hours a whole list of characters cameos and special spots um Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, we initially thought about covering this in the two different um, parts. Not two different parts, but you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. The initial first episodes, uh, first three episodes aired in December, and we just got the finale literally last night. We sat in our uh, CBC War Room and discussed whether or not we could do a review the same day an episode comes out because that'll be the only timely way to get this done. So we have binge the entirety of crisis on infinite earths um and last time we spoke about crisis and last time we had an episode talking about the arrowverse in general we were talking about uh the retrospective of arrow because this event was always said to be the thing that was going to end arrow um and it threatened to end the flash as well (laughs) but um when we did those episodes we did them with yogi jonathan escudero another member of the click and he is a super DC Comics fan and a big fan of the Arrowverse. This time we have Dan, the comic man here, who kind of fell off of the Arrowverse a bit, huh? Well, I watched the first three seasons and then... Of Arrow? Of Arrow. Okay. I, I, I originally binged them before like I even knew anybody even liked it because the first two seasons were on Netflix. Yeah. So when I was just going through Netflix, I'm like, all right, let me watch this. And it was just something different than I've ever seen. Right. It was completely out of the box. It was brand new. It was original. And I loved it. And then it uh, it got so much. I, I did a lot of moving around. Some places I lived, there was no cable. Other yeah. places there was. but So I, I didn't really get a chance to like every week catch up. And by the time I wanted to binge, there was just so many things that I had either had to binge or yeah. my personally was above these shows. These network shows are 23 episode seasons. And Arrow, yeah. um, you know, this last season of Arrow was just eight, but seven 23 episode seasons that adds up to a lot of episodes um you're talking about half a year for each season yeah so when you when people fall off i that's completely understandable um i you know full uh disclosure and full transparency here have not finished an entire episode of batwoman i'm coming in this i'm i've come i'm coming in this a little bit dry on kate kane um but i'm thinking of 
getting through to where Batwoman is now and releasing like a mini review about what I think about the show so far. I have never been able to do that about for any show because um, for the most part, I I come in on them late. You know, <laughs> I come in on them late. And then by the time I did decide I want to do a season-wide review, um, there's so many shows. Imagine doing a season-wide review of Arrow. Wild Flash is there. Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, now Batwoman. Um, they, greenlit, they greenlit a Superman show that's supposed to be coming soon. Stargirl will be debuting soon. I mean, the most we managed to do is do the Netflix universes. Right. That's right. what, for some reason, that was saying the more self-contained than But these. each one of those Netflix shows tops out at about, what, 13 episodes? The yeah. most? Yeah. So that's it. Um, which is half. And, uh, yeah. And even that becomes a chore, trying to binge the entirety of it, summarize the entirety of it, and then break it down here. Um, we've also have covered all the big major crossovers as part of the Major Issues podcast. Our first episode, if I'm not mistaken, is covering Crisis on Earth X. And then we were able to cover... Um, I don't think we did the Dominator season, but we did Crisis on Earth X, and then last year we did Elseworlds. I didn't realize how much Elseworlds will come into play into this story, but we'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah, what do you think? Spoiler free, uh, what did you think about this attempt to cover this massive um, crossover comic book? You know, one of the biggest crossover comics to ever, literally one of the first, if not the first, crossover comic to bring all these titles and characters together against one threat. Uh, what, how do you think they did? What, what I think they, um, all right, if we have to go by like crossover statuses and like how big and how many people they grabbed to put into this, yeah, they, su- they succeeded. Yeah. They, they did a great job adding all of these different worlds, these different universes of like Brandon Ralph Superman and the Kevin Conroy Batman. And this is the first time we've seen a, Kevin Conroy play a live action Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah. That in was like bananas. twenty years, this, almost thirty years, this is crazy. Craziness. Yeah, and we we none of us really knew what this was going to be. Um, but speculation and news was what every week somebody was confirmed for crisis. Every week they yeah. thought they saw somebody on set. Um, and I, in, in my opinion, the best spoiler spoiler uh, list <laughs> review I can give is this is a love letter to all of DC Comics media. Yeah, Everything 100%. that has ever been created <laughs> under the DC Comics banner gets at least a, a, a nod, unless you're Wonder Woman. But besides that, <laughs> every everything, and it was it was awesome because um, I have gone on great lengths to say that I probably prefer DC Comics stories over Marvel Comics stories, and I yeah. also said many times that the reason why DC's media could never get to where it's supposed to is because. Um, they they will never do the they will never lay the groundwork. They don't have the foundation. Everyone's like, oh, Under the Red Hood's a great story. How are you gonna do Under the Red Hood without establishing that there's a Robin? Yeah, and then without that Robin dying, you can't establish the Robin, then kill the Robin in the same film, and then bring Red Hood. It's a, so without doing any of the homework, it's near impossible to ever um, adapt any of these. But the great part about it is the CW verse, the Arrow verse has done the homework. They've done the homework. No, they really, really did their homework here. If you consider, if you consider movies, right, like uh, movies, the 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 precursor to the big events, right? So you have the Avengers, the this the single MCU films before Avengers, yeah, lead up to Avengers, right? And that's the homework for all that. But I thought that it was freaking crazy that you have in this instance, hour. What I said, twenty three hour ep- seasons, four shows. 
So how many hours is that? So you understand? You're like about four background. days, like, like 72 hours. No, no we were talking about, I think we're talking about weeks at this point. If we put said, all the Arrowverse oh, oh, every oh. show, every season of Arrowverse together, back to back, you're probably watching TV for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, think about it. A day for a season. That's ridiculous. Right? And so... And then um, you have seven seasons of Arrow, five seasons of Flash, yeah, like three Supergirl. seasons of Supergirl, yeah, a so season gets, of Batwoman, gets, Black Lightning. It gets crazy. And so... I'm so proud of the homework that they did, and I'm so proud that it allowed them to then take on this story. And without spoiling it, one of the mediums has to come down to I, meet this I medium. I can't believe it. And to that me, crazy. to me, that's that was a level of subservience. That was a level of I'm coming down to you because I'm bowing to you because you guys did what the hell we couldn't. That, so I had to come like, to you yeah. because you ain't coming to me because. Odds are, I may never have it. You may never see me again. <laughs> so, all of that, plus the love, like I said, the love letter to DC. They did the very best they could with what they had. Um, are you ready to get into this? Let's get some spoilers Let's gone. get spoiler crazy. Uh, this is a full recap and review. So, we'll be going chronologically because it would be the easiest way to tackle everything that happens in this. But first, I want to talk about a little bit of the ground that they they laid down for this, right? Because uh, the, all the season finales of the last shows, last season in 2019, they all teased that crisis was going to happen. As a matter of fact, at the end of the last crossover, Elseworlds, they literally show a promo picture of the next crossover is going to be crisis. So we knew since last year this was happening. And then uh, we were also told that during the last crossover, Elseworlds, there was an event in which Flash and Supergirl were going to die. Trying to save the world, and like the comics, basically. right? Like crisis, and yeah. so Arrow, Oliver Queen gets a uh, does a deal with Marnovu, the Monitor, and says, "Don't kill them. Uh, you can take my life instead." And so he doesn't kill them. But he's like, "Don't worry, I'm not taking your life now. We're gonna need it later." And so now, um, at the end of Arrow, after giving birth to a beautiful baby girl. <laughs> uh, Ali and Felicity are just there chilling, and Marnovu shows up and is like, it's time. Remember that favor? I need you now. And pulls Arrow away from his family. And the, so the first eight episodes of this season has been Arrow going across the multiverse and collecting items for uh, Marnovu to prevent the anti-matter wave. You also had uh, all, the, all the shows right before Crisis all had the same end credit scene of Nash Wells, a, a version of, of Harrison Wells, um, gaining access to the Monitor's chamber in Central City. And then lastly, Black Lightning had an entire episode that dealt with his world seeing the red skies for the crisis and um, an antimatter wave and does take out all of um, all of his world except for him and we find out what happens to him in this crisis. So they definitely set the, set the bar, they set the thing ready and I think the two biggest things that we were supposed to be coming out of this um, expecting is the death of Oliver Queen and the death of Barry Allen's The Flash. Uh, since the beginning of the show, Flash, there's been an article that says Flash vanishes in crisis. And so we were told that Flash must die for a crisis. And uh, we'll get into what happens with that too. But let's start off with part one, which takes place on Supergirl. So the crossover begins with the Monitor explaining the origin of the universe. Uh, as the crisis begins, the antimatter wave destroys hundreds of parallel universes, including the universe of Titans, which I was like, wow. Uh, Batman 66, where you see Burt Ward walking Ace the Bat Hound. Um, I think he says, like, holy red skies, Batman. Um, 
Batman 89 where you see that dude, uh, that oh, um, reporter guy. Yeah. I think he was artist. Uh, Knox. <laughs> yeah, Knox. Wow, you remember that, Knox. Um, and then Earth X, all the Nazis, which I guess is good. The destruction of Earth X. <laughs> all the Nazis are gone. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, throughout, the monitor is narrating and explaining that there's a malevolent force at work and that the paragons of the multiverse will be needed to stop this threat. Meanwhile, on Earth-38, Supergirl's Earth, Brainiac 5 detects the antimatter wave is approaching Argo City, prompting Kara Danvers to send a hologram warning her mother, Alora Zor-El, her cousin, Clark Kent, or Cal-El, and his wife, Lois Lane, the latter two having went to Argo to conceive a child. Are you familiar with this? Uh, we spoke about it when we watched the first. Yeah, so Argo, ti- ti- uh, whatever episode. For those who don't know, Argo has a red sun. It's a planet with a red sun, and because it has a red sun, Superman's powers are not working, which allows him, and don't giggle, to conceive a child with Lois Lane, <laughs> because that would be the only way they can have a children. Children, unless you get a kryptonite condom, red, which that's I don't even want to imagine that, but. Um, so we get to see a little bit of dad Superman. We get to see him changing pampers. Um, I don't think we, me and you have spoken about it. What do you think about this new Lois Lane? Uh, better than Amy Adams. Yeah. I'll say that. I mean, I think she's better than Kate Bosworth. But she's, definitely, definitely better climbing, than Kate she's Bosworth. She's climbing those ranks. Um, you, I mean, I think she kind of sort of resembles Margot. Margot Kidder, you know, from the original Superman movies. She just has that Lois Lane look. There's yeah. just some, like, not like the look as in vanity wise, but like, like you see her, the way she stands, the clothes she wears, the way her hair falls. It it just reminds me of the cartoon Superman, like the Adventures of Lois and Clark type Superman. She's being played by a uh, Bitsy Tulik. Bitsy. Bitsy Tulik. S I E. Bitsy. All right, Bitsy. But but no, she definitely brought those Margot Kiddo vibes. I I definitely liked it. What do you think about Tyler Hoechlin, Superman? Is that Superman? Yeah. That man is skinny as hell. Yeah, that man is a TV yeah. Superman. That man is I mean, a TV I mean, Superman. No, but I mean like TV Superman. But I mean like I would like I could buy him being Superman because it's TV. I wouldn't buy him being Superman because it's if he was on a movie. But Dean then Kane's again, a little big. But then again, you have Tom Welling, who's huge. Yeah, and Dean Kane was big. It, and uh, even Brandon it, Routh is cut to hell. Yeah. So um, why do I want this skinny Superman? I guess the reason why I initially didn't bump up against it was this was our first Superman post Man of Steel. So I was like, just be nice. Just you know, be like, nice, that's it. Can just, you just, just be nice just and don't courageous? Fo- just don't follow Kevin Costner's upbringing. Yes, can you just be nice and courageous? Thank you. And that's all. Thank you, sir. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting there. Um, Clark and Lois narrowly send their son, um, Jonathan, off to an escape in an escape pod just as the wave wipes out Argo. Martian Manhunter, having been approached by the Monitor um, and warned of this event, explains the threat at hand, gets everybody up to speed, and Brainy gives a 24-hour window before Earth-38 is destroyed. Um, it's a pretty it's a pretty har- harrowing moment watching Supergirl see Ar- uh, Argo get destroyed on the monitors. She is not dealing with that well. Yeah. On Earth-1, on Earth one, Harbinger brings Oliver and Mia from Arrow, Barry Allen from Flash, Kate Kane from Batwoman, and Sarah Lance and Ray Palmer from The Legends to Earth-38, Supergirl's Earth. Um, she's also Lila Michaels. She's also <laughs> Diggle's wife. And I know, I know that every time that this happens in this crossover, it's supposed to be, like, hella serious. But I seriously got Walt Jr. vibes from Breaking Bad. 
every time Harbinger's like, I'm Harbinger now. And then Wells is like, I'm Pariah. And then Ollie's like, you can call me the Spectre. I'm like, all right, guys. All right. All right. Especially Harbinger because she showed up to everybody and was like, they're like, Lila? And she's like, no, it's Harbinger now. Lila? No, my name is Harbinger. You know what? Let's go. Let's just go. So I thought that was really, really funny. Um, yeah, so she brings them all to Earth-38 and manages to rescue the Kents from Argo, but Kara Zor-El's mama did not make it. The heroes get reacquainted and Batwoman punches Lila in the face. <laughs> Harbinger, which was kind of cool. Um, cause she was like, you know, you let those guys get away, but there's obviously a bigger threat at hand. As Harbinger briefs the gathered heroes on the threat of the Anti-Monitor, the Monitor suddenly erects a quantum tower to impede the Anti-Matter wave. We find out that at the dawn of time, the Monitor placed these tunnels in key locations to try to stop the multiverse from being destroyed. Superman and Supergirl have a talk about maintaining hope, even in the darkest hours and even after losing everything in a touching moment between cousins. What would you think about that? I thought that was pretty cool. Having Supergirl sit there and try to... Because... I, I like the super. I like Melissa Benoist. That's Supergirl. She's I have she, my own little crush on. on she's Melissa like she's Benoist. not. She's not. She's not That's bad. Supergirl. Boo. That's my little boo. Um, but you you're talking to two survivors of a destroyed Earth or destroyed planet. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, and one had to actually see it as an adult happen in front of their eyes. The other one Supergirl. was just a and then kid. she and yeah. she just saw it again. She just saw <laughs> Argo disappear. So it's like to talk from this level of loss. To try to be hopeful in this level of loss is truly a big deal, and um, Supergirl is doing her best to try to prop up her cousin in this moment. In preparation for his own death, Oliver passes the mantle of Green Arrow to Mia in another in another bittersweet scene. When he learns Barry is fated, this is one of my favorite parts. When he learns Barry is fated to die, he argues with the Monitor over the deal they made last year. He's like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> hey, hey!" And he gets transported to the Monitor's thing. He's like. Wait a minute, you and I like Oliver's yelling voice because he always does it the same way. He's like, "You told me if I <laughs> if I'd made your deal, Kara and Barry would be safe." And he was like, "Oh no, that was last year's crossover. <laughs> this year's, yeah, the the thing is way bigger." Um, so yeah, bigger threat than ever. And the heroes are set to protect the tower while the DEO and Lena Luther work together to evacuate Earth thirty six using spacecrafts. Did Alex and Lena's Conversation slash hostility slash animosity confuse you? Very much so. Okay, so let me set the groundwork. Um, Lena Luther, went, upon meeting Kara Zorel or Kara Danvers, they become fast friends and they're really, really, really cool. Um, and stuff starts to happen where she starts to dislike Supergirl and she keeps that secret. It gets so big that eventually Alex, who knows Kara is Supergirl, they have to wipe her memory as well. So that no one is aware that Supergirl and Kara are all the same person. Eventually, it's found out that Kara is Supergirl and Lena loses it. She's like, I can never trust you guys again. And that's roughly, it's kind of a bad explanation, but that's roughly where we're at right now. She's mostly upset that everyone has kept this secret that her best friend was um, Supergirl. So... We see that the partnership, yeah, the partnership is a big deal because Lena and Kara are currently not speaking. Alex does her best to apologize for the DEO lying about Supergirl's identity, and Lena begrudgingly helps, but not to save Supergirl or their friendship, just to save the world. After learning that Jonathan's pod landed on Earth 16, Lois, Sarah, and Brainiac 5 leave to go get him, while the others stay behind to fend off the anti monitor's forces. Clark tries to go with Lois to save his son, but Oliver tells him they need him. 
that's another really cool moment where Superman's like, I got to go. And he's like, no, we, you can't. And he goes, I'm not used to people saying that. Like, he's like, no one stops me from doing nothing. I'm Superman. And don't you have a hoodie? Like, what you finna do? Uh, but, yeah, they're like, we need you. And he's like, okay, fine. So the heroes make their stand at the tower and fend off any, oh, sorry, fend off an, ar- an army of shadow demons equipped with weaponry that destroys them. On Earth-16, the Save the Baby Jonathan team meets an alternative, <laughs> uh, alternative Oliver Queen and Sarah and him have a heart-to-heart, which was weird to me because when I thought what happened in this episode happens, I'm like, so Sarah has like a surrogate conversation? Like, I wish she would have just had this conversation with real Ollie. But he, she's basically like, you're a great man on every Earth, which is a damn lie because there's an Earth where he's a Nazi. And so she like tries to have like a good heart to heart with him. Sarah and Ollie go way back, even though this is a different Oliver Queen. Um, but yeah, they they have a little heart to heart. Back on Earth thirty eight, our heroes realize they can't stop the wave, but maybe they can stall long enough to evacuate all the people so they can get on aircrafts and leave the Earth. Um, as they stay back to buy time, the monitor suddenly teleports all the heroes off world and says, the battle's lost. <laughs> He's like, so by the way, the battle's lost. Yeah, you, you, you. And he starts literally individually teleporting them back uh, away from the battle. But Ali's like, nah, I'm not leaving. Um, refusing, yeah, everyone's transported away except for Oliver. Refusing to surrender even while being outnumbered and outmatched, Oliver Queen temporarily nullifies the monitor's powers with a specialty arrow. I don't know where he got that from. I don't know how it works. <laughs> and uh, basically tries to ward off all the all the uh, those weird shadowy uh, demon people. He stays behind to ensure the mass exodus succeeds, managing to save just under half of Earth-38's population right before launching himself into a horde of shadow demons. I got Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. Wait, come here, beastie. And then he jumps into the yeah, mouth of that. Yeah, basically, it was just that. You know, the camera like pans up and you just see the top of the building. And At one point, he's like being attacked and you can't really tell what's happening. They're like just bumping into, like shoulder blocking him. <laughs> They're like knocking him around, these ghost, these ghost creatures. So I thought that was kind of, that was kind of interesting as well. But back on Earth-1, Lois's team returns with Jonathan before the Monitor brings a dying Oliver to say goodbye, commenting that this was not how he was supposed to die. Nash, now pariah for releasing the Anti-Monitor, appears and announces that events have changed and the Earth is doomed. <laughs> and that's basically how the first uh, first uh, 20, what, 20% of this went down. What do you think about the setup for all this? Supergirl, we actually got somebody with personal stakes losing their Earth. Um, it felt like a Supergirl episode, and I've only seen bits and pieces of Supergirl episodes here. Was there anybody who stood out that you did not know prior to watching this episode? I didn't even know that they had how many Brainiacs now? There's five. No, that's just his that's name. A, that's, 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 yeah, that's his, his name. Yeah, that's his designation. He's from the future. He's from the future. Okay, so that's okay, a real Johnny Five type thing going on. Yeah, he's All from right. the he's from like the he's from the far flung future. Um, what do you think about Martian Manhunter? John Jones. Oh, that man killed the entire ser- the, the entire crossover. I didn't all know last episode in particular. Oh, like, yes. Really just yeah, laid he's, I was like, all right. There was, there was a lot of actors here that I'm just like giving them standing ovations. John Cryer. John Cryer. John sto- Cryer also. John Cryer stole was the stole yeah, the we'll, entire we'll talk, show. At the end, we'll name our MVPs for all this. But it was yeah, really, like really this. Good. For um a crossover for for a crossover, I kind of like this. Just reminded me of the first crossover when like we got the the original OG three crossover, yes, just yes. the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl. Right. Like this was it was pretty cool. Um, 
So let's get to part two, the Batwoman. This episode. is when it starts getting shit for me. Really? <laughs> two, two, and they, they, two was all right. It was three and four that were were terrible. And I think four is kind of bad. Yeah, four I, is I, I just... also think four. I just think four. They just made stuff up. I'm just like, at one point they do something, and I'm like, what? That's <laughs> yeah. not even a thing. You just made that up. But anyway, let's get to Batwoman's part. Having lost their fearsome leader, the heroes have a drink in his honor and Supergirl seems visibly be- visibly shaken at the level of casualties, including her mother and other Earths. Which is going to be a thing, right? Like once, not now Supergirl, from here on out, Supergirl is determined as hell to do dumb oh, shit. Th- th- that was, was, like, this was ridiculous. This was like her driving force that she just, she wants to just get her family back. She wants to get her planet back. This is world be damned. Twice, though. She yeah, but, wor- twice. But, but existence be damned. I agree. She was a little bit short-sighted. Um, to aid them in their cause, Harbinger brings uh, Mick Rory from Earth-74 and uses the tech from his Wave Rider. And this has... man's a, a writer now? What the fuck is so going in, on? So in Legends, he becomes a romance writer. Named Rebecca Silver? I don't know. I didn't know about the ghost name. I might I might have just stopped watching then. I didn't know it he was had a in ghost. Part, it was in Part 5 when he was when the. But I didn't know if they autograph. mentioned that name prior. Oh. I don't know if he was something that he, you know, uh, penned. So but is, right um, in, let us know. Is Captain Cold... Yeah, I was about to ask you. Is Captain Cold the AI? Yes. Like, what happened to his conscience? Did they, like, put his He's conscience... He's dead. Up? He, they killed him. He died in, like, season one. And then he just found weird ways to keep him around, like that's other so, other Leos so and gay. stuff. Like the... I, I really like Leonard Snow. I really like that character, I like Captain them both Cold. as villains. And, um, Why couldn't Went, they just Wentworth. be villains? Yeah. What's his first name? Oh, um... Sam? It's, no, no, no. Sam went with the other the dude. Other dude here, right? It's oh, it's Dominic Parcell. I pronounce uh, no uh, Dominic per- Parcell's Heat Wave. Okay, oh, this guy. Um, oh, poor guy. I don't remember it's, his name. It's Wentworth, Wentworth Miller. It is Wentworth Miller. <laughs> I knew it was a Wentworth in this because I'm thinking of Sam Worthington. Okay, oh, that was the name I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> just, yeah, Sam Worthington just kept coming into your head. Um, I like that. That Sarah's like, oh yeah, our legends were not. They're not available for crossovers. So go get your own legends, <laughs> and that's what they do. They go get legends from another, from another uh, universe. In the wake of Oliver's death, which he cannot undo because the anti-monitor is growing power, the monitor consults the Book of Destiny from the last crossover, which was the one that the book that they used, um, Deegan used to try to destroy the world, and that gave us the evil Superman, a whole thing. Um, and he finds out that there are seven paragons who can turn the tide, um, while trying to. Uh, get this info or while trying to exposit this info this is probably what my favorite part of the episode is he's up there and he's like I've consulted the book of destiny and there are seven and then John just starts to cry and then they pass him over to somebody else and they try to console him. He's like, there's seven paragons and he keeps crying. And no matter who they give him to, oh, the baby, he keeps crying. Yeah. But then they give him to uh, Rory, the heat wave, and the baby's fine. And so the rest of the episode he weighs kind of the baby. The baby's baby reading him a, a romance novel, an explicit like, romance novel. And as he kisses her neck, I'm like, oh my God. I don't he know strikes if like that. a snake. I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Trouser snake, bro. He was getting them ready. Um, so, <laughs> as far as these paragons are concerned, two of them are Sarah and Kara. Sarah being the paragon of destiny and Kara being the paragon of hope. I want to say now that I think it's a bit of a cop out to make most of them already on Earth. I would have really liked if the seven of them were seven people that they had to get. All seven. Maybe one of them is is uh, uh, Smallville Superman. Maybe one of them is Kingdom Come Superman. Maybe one of them is uh, Bird to Prey. I'm pretty sure all these totems are women too. I'm just saying. Everyone but... No, because Barry ends oh, up Bar- being one. Barry's a totem? Yeah, Barry ends up being one. Lex, I know, made himself one. Lex made himself one. 
the Bruce Richard Wayne Choi goes. Bruce Wayne starts as one, and then um, uh, Ryan Choi is one, and Martian Manhunter is one. So yeah, I think it's it's even across the board. But uh, yeah, they are, as of right now they only have two in their stead. They got Sarah and they got Kara. Um, the monitor also reveals that the Paragon of Truth is another Superman that they have to go uh, find. And the Paragon of Courage is a bat of the future whom Kara and Kate deduce is Bruce Wayne of Earth-99, marking the first appearance of Bruce Wayne in the Arrowverse and the first time Kevin Conroy gets to play Bruce Wayne. But we'll get there when we get there. Later, the monitor shows up with Lex Luthor, saying he saved him because he was an important role to play. Kara is pissed. <laughs> She's like, you did what? And you can't save my Earth. She's still on her Earth. So she's like, you can't save my Earth, but you brought this guy over here. It's out of control. Um, without even knowing... One-track mind, man. She's got a one-track mind. That... I like that without even knowing who he is, Kate threatens Lex Luthor because she realizes that Kara doesn't like him. So she's like, I guess I don't like you either. <laughs> By the way, if you die now, he can't save you because he already saved yeah, he's you he's like, uh, who are you? Like, I don't... Like, so disinterested. And she's like, I'm new and I don't like you or something like that. John uh, Cryer... God John Cryer's Lex Luthor. God bless John Cryer, Lex Luthor. I man. think they put a beard on him because he'd look like a penis without it. But I like how the beard looks. It's the only bearded Lex Luthor I know. True, but it works somehow in this weird uh, multiverse of yeah. No, it, this seems to like I, I couldn't see John Cryer without the beard making this work. I think that's the, it. He'd look like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't. I, there's very little other words to be able to describe him. He look. He would look sick. He would look. He's a very, a very, very thin phallic. Man. Yes. Very phallic indeed. Very phallic man. Um, I was going to make a hard to beat joke, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Harbinger begins to hear voices and stumbles in on Lex reading the Book of Destiny. I love how this man is always doing the worst thing possible at all times. In every episode that he's in, he's doing the worst thing in his power <laughs> that he can do. I'm like, damn, Lex, leave it alone, bro. But hey. Evil's got an evil. What do you think about Lex's continued foils or how every episode he saw what he can get out of it? What do you think about that? Well, I loved how originally, like, he was just going to different multiverses and killing off Superman. Yes. Like, I'd rather have just... I would have loved to have seen that as, like, a C plot. Just let me just see Lex Luthor going that and killing so- off... That sounds like a crossover plot. That is a crossover. Lex, that, Lex he, Luthor has a book of destiny the, and why he's going to he be the villain, go around killing different Superman and... It's... And the short-sighted nature of Lex Luthor in this big crisis is canonical because in the actual crisis on Infinite Earths, he teams up with Brainiac to have a world of just evil people. And it's like, bro, everything's ending and you're still finding a way to be a dick. Like, you're still finding a way to be selfish and you're still finding a way to do... Because if anybody's going to rule the universe, it's going to be him. Son of a gun. Uh, Where are we? Okay, so... Yeah, he uses the Book of Destiny. He bounces out. Iris says her goodbyes to Barry. I'm over it. We'll get we'll get there. <laughs> um, Mia and Sarah argue over resurrecting Oliver Queen. H- how do you feel about that? Whose side were you on? Sarah's like, you can't just dunk people into <laughs> Lazarus pit all willy-nilly. And Mia's like, it's my dad. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, well, then if it, it gave us Constantine. So oh, so you're willing to, I'm, I'm willing the to I'm, justify the means? The ends totally justify the means if I get to watch Constantine. And a really good... Good dunk. Not saying Keanu Reeves wasn't a great Constantine. I love that movie. Yeah. But this guy, I don't even know who he is, but he did a great I've job. Always liked, I've always liked him, and he had his own show that would sadly want canceled. I kind of want to watch. I it's all see on. That. It's all on the DC universe. Yeah, I'm about to. Maybe one. Of, that'll be one of the things that we tackle for extra content. Um, 
for the people. Oh uh, yeah, definitely do a little like a, exactly a little mini mini Patreon thing for the Constantine season. I'd go down with that. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yes. Matt Ryan is the man. So Matt Ryan's stuff got canceled, but they kept him afloat in the universe. He's made. Um, cameos in Arrow in I think maybe Flash I know Legends of Tomorrow he's on the cast of Legends of Tomorrow now I would have loved to have um, seen so, him have a cameo in Swamp Thing man so I many mean, different amazing. so many good opportunities for these two how is it two and, of the most and, interesting characters end up getting cancelled and another character that we're gonna meet in a bit which I think would have been right at home uh, there but um, Kate and Kara arrive at Earth 99 they see a weird version of Lex, I mean, sorry, of um, Luke Fox, who's shirtless. He opens the door shirtless, which is, I guess, that's one way or another. Um, but they try their best to motivate and convince an elderly crippled Bruce who resembles the King of Come Batman to help. So this is Kevin Conroy in the full body uh, brace, would you call it? Yeah, it's like a giant mech suit. It's like an exoskeleton mech suit type thing. Yeah, so. This is something that he wears in the Kingdom Come comic. If you want a full review of the Kingdom Come comic, you can go back and listen to the episode of the Major Issues podcast that covers it. And by the way... Presented by ComicBookClick.com. ComicBookClick.com. And by the way, we also have a comic covering the comic version of Crisis on Infinite Earth. So you can go back and listen to that as well. Um, But yeah, it's not really working. Turns out this Bruce, after a life of fighting crime, became a killer. Uh, And he... Says that he, you start off with a code, but once you kill one person, you continue to kill without impunity. He also reveals that his Kate is dead and that he has no courage left. Were you bummed out by kind of sad, kind of depressed, kind of miserable Kevin Conroy? I was rolling my eyes. Were you so hard? I thought my eyes were gonna fall out of my head. It was. This is when you know that they were. They're, they're, bit I much, don't like bit them. Much. It was so much. T- it was liberties taken that shouldn't have been taken. You give us Kevin Conroy, who looks. He still looks fantastic. Yeah. Throw him in a bat suit, or just keep him in a in a suit and be like a or mentor, he been like, like a man in the chair. Kind yeah, of situation. like a man in the chair, like he did with like they did with um Terry McGinnis for uh, Batman Beyond. Like you yeah. could have had so many opportunities if, if you were just gonna do it like that for that. Just mention him by name and say and he's have dead. A, have a picture. Yeah. yeah, have him be dead. Say Bruce Wayne killed off. Blah blah blah. Like I understand that this was done to teach Kate a lesson, but. I do think that it was a little bit of a waste. If the lesson is jarring, then she learned it. We all learned it. Well, what's interesting about the lesson is the lesson is don't kill or you'll keep killing. And her answer to this was to kill Bruce Wayne. Well, I mean, I've only killed one person in my life, and I haven't. Well, that's not. That's how it starts. (laughs) That's how it starts. Uh, we'll 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 get there definitely. Oh yeah, no, we're here. Um, (laughs) Kara finds out Bruce killed Superman. And Bruce is accidentally killed in a heated confrontation with Kate and Kara. She just throws a kick. He lands into, like, electrical equipment, and then he just dies. Yep. And yep, I was like, they, just, they yep. just killed Bruce Wayne. Yeah. They just killed Kevin Conroy. Yeah, they, they killed Kevin killed the Conroy. the only Bruce Wayne ever shown in the Arrowverse. Ever. Eight years. And now... Th- you'll never see him again. Oh, there'll be one. I, I think Batwoman's eventually going to have to come around to a cameo. Yeah, because she's going to change her uh, identity. She's going to be a man now. I'm talking crazy. We got two Bruce Wayne's this year between Kevin Conroy and Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn? Oh, my God. That's right. Ian Glenn. Yeah. The best Bruce Wayne that we I got mean, this year. I mean. Listen, man. That was I the don't best even Bruce. know. I want to see those two old guys in a fist fight. <laughs> I want to see Kevin Conroy and Ian Glenn. Listen. Listen, man. You saw, you saw the figment of, of uh, Dick Grayson's imagination kicking the crap out of him in prison, bro. But that's you also it. see um, that 
Kevin Conroy will hit a woman, so he doesn't. Oh, care. yo, he had he crypt- yo, he had kryptonite in his gloves. He was not. He was rocking it. You're right because they leave after the heated confrontation and the murder. Uh, they leave um, without their paragon of courage, uh, having failed their mission. But Kate pockets Bruce's kryptonite. Dun dun dun. Always a Batman to or Batwoman to pocket some kryptonite, man. That's it. Elsewhere, Sarah, Barry, Mia, and John Constantine take Oliver's body to a Lazarus pit on Earth 18 to try and resurrect him, and they succeed. But the accumulating antimatter across the multiverse prevents them from bringing his soul back. I don't think there's much to say. I think that's pretty by the books. Yep. Lois and Clark head to Smallville's universe with Iris and meet Smallville Clark Kent, who was approached by Lex Luthor. That little thought openly flirted in front of her own man. Was that? Yo, she's like, "Who's the buff guy?" Ah, uh, that happens a lot though. When 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 Barry for, when Barry was first talking to Iris about Ollie, she's like, "Oh yeah, he's on my dupe list." Like, my boyfriend said, "There's three people that I can do, like be allowed," and Ollie's definitely one of them. And I was like, "Damn, Iris, dude, they even have Melissa." Benoit's- and one time she was like, she was like grabbing his arm and stuff like that. Like, it gets a little crazy. They have Melissa Benoit's eye raping fucking Brandon Ralph. But she also eye raped um, Luke Fox when he opened the door shirtless. And Kate was like, trust me, you don't, like, don't even, none of that. <laughs> uh, Smallville Clark Kent, what do you think about this whole thing? This whole cameo? It's one of the biggest ones we knew about. Um, I think, I think a lot of people were hoping to see the man in the suit. Uh, after y'all got years y'all got bait and switched suit. so hard, y'all got so hype over all these cameos. Oh my god, this cameo, this cameo, this cameo to get two seconds. I think to get him for two are, seconds. I think some of them are good. And got, I do think ultimately he got cameo Burt Ward is... for two seconds to say "Holy Red Sun." Yeah, but I mean, no one really wanted to throw a punch, and he wasn't putting those shorts on. Of course, right? But I mean, like you. <laughs> so... But but how are you gonna cast? How are you gonna bring back Tom Welling and then make him Farm Day? Superman. He's not even Superman. He gave up his powers to be a dad. I have no like fondness or memories of Smallville because I didn't watch it. I know that's a big, uh, you know, dun 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 for a comic book podcast. But uh, yeah, I never really got into Smallville because it took me a while to get into Superman as a character in general. So I did not. Now watch this is the Baby biggest Superman. advocate of Superman that right. you've ever and seen. And at the time, I didn't want to watch Baby Superman. And I I didn't I didn't watch Gotham, so I might be on the same Smallville boat of like I don't need to see. What y'all think should be the prequel to this man becoming a hero. Um, but returning back to that world definitely brought a lot of people memories. Definitely brought a lot of people. Uh, no Michael Rosenbaum. I would have loved he, me some Michael he Rosenbaum. He opted out, actually. of the Really? He, he's just like, nah, I'm not going to do it? Because they, supposedly they had contacted him and not given him, like, the script or, like, the pay or any of that stuff. And he was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty sure some of these people were happy as hell to get this call. And some people who are actively working were just like, mm, you're good, you know? So, it is. No, they should have brought him for this crossover? Holly Berry. Oh, my God. They should imagine. Imagine they go to Earth 69 I mean, they, they for Catwoman. Um, they went to great lengths to, to include a lot of bad things in this. So, I, I it's funny that they didn't do Catwoman. But she is a high profile as hell. And I don't know what you would show. Because they show something from another DC movie. But I don't know what you would show for Catwoman as shorthand for this is the Catwoman universe. Uh, you would just see her walking on that rooftop in the terrible CGI. Terrible. With I don't the... want any of that. But that's hilarious. <laughs> um, Smallville Clark Kent is approached by Lex Luthor. He teleports everybody else away, and he explains that he, like we were talking about before, is killing Superman across the multiverse. So when the universe is reset, very more lung type man. I would have. That's 
Cause after reading the the Spider Verse yeah. comic that you let me borrow, uh, that you have me read, bro, I would love to see shit like this. Oh, just right. a, just a Lex Luthor going, going around. Like, like no, how because Mordan this is, goes around. All I know is that this was reminding me a lot of the Enter the Spider Verse stuff because you had one guy going around killing the same kind of superhero in different multiple worlds, but you also had very specific totems that it, those totems had to be used to stop the evil. You're right. and there's not, there's so you're, many you're parallels. Not, you're not wrong, and I wonder if if that influenced their writing in any of this because obviously they couldn't go straight from comics, so maybe they've tried to find a happy medium with everything else. Uh, well, I mean, if a story's good to tell, a story will always be good to tell. So, hundred percent, stories like that are great to tell. Um, yeah. So he wants no Superman in his way. He tries to use Kryptonite to subdue Clark Kent, but Clark simply grabs the crystal and tosses it like like a bitch too. He tossed that. He looked. Yo, I thought he was about to fling that far. He tossed it like a little bit. Well, he tossed it like a human, like a human man. Um, like a human bitch. Like a, oh, like a human man. Um, he tells it away, revealing that he gave his powers away years ago, giving us a conclusion to that hero. He punches Lex, and Luther leaves him to be doomed. He's basically like, yeah, you're screwed, and he bounces out. And then we see um, Clark Kent's family life a little bit, and we head out. Lois, Superman, and Iris show up to Earth-96 and bump into Brandon Ralph Superman, who is reprising his role from Superman Returns slash Superman 1 and 2, because Superman Returns was supposed to be a sequel to those films. Slash Superman boring. Slash we couldn't bring in Kevin Spacey. So uh, <laughs> they warn him of Lex Luthor and it is revealed that Joker on that Earth killed everyone in the Daily Planet with poisonous gas. Like everybody. It's probably why they probably they couldn't do cameos for Jimmy Olsen and all those other people from the film. So they just killed everybody. Where's uh, Marsden? Is he around somewhere? Oh, my God. Uh, they ask for his help and he agrees and he suits up. Using the Book of Destiny, Lex travels to Earth-96. And uh, briefly mind controls that Clark to kill the other Clark. He's like, you know what? I don't want to kill Superman anymore. I want to make Superman kill Superman. Um, I enjoy the Alex Ross Superman suit yes. that they gave Brandon Roth. Oh back. God, that that I that. It shows the trunks. The trunks don't look silly. I, I like how the trunks look. I don't think the trunks look silly at all either. I think you can do the trunks in a certain way that it's more of a part of the spandex instead of it being a pair of trunks over long spandex. Right. Like it, it could always just be one full outfit. But as far as Superman suits go, I gotta say that was my absolute favorite Superman suit I've ever seen. I think it's my favorite Superman look. Like I think Brandon Ralph has finally grown into. But I just can't believe TV into... was able to do that. Like, CW gave us the, the best-looking yeah. Superman suit. When you do the homework, when, oh, you, when you care God. and you're willing to do it, you know? And Crisis has a very uh, big advantage because it knows that its fans, the fans of the Arrowverse, are deep into this. So it can it, do, it does a lot to, to put heavy concepts into this. The idea of multiverses and all that kind of stuff, the idea of the dawn of time, of vanishing points, Big, big concept ideas. And so um, I think a regular show would be easy to get lost. And even as a fan, it was I got lost in certain moments in this, uh, particularly uh, episode four. But um, let's continue with the Kingdom Come Superman. So the two Supermen do battle because Clark is mind-controlling Brandon Ralph. And they do battle in the skies of Metropolis, but, it stopped, but are stopped by Lois Lane when um, Lois hits... Lex in the head with something. Uh, and she gives Brandon Ralph a speech about love to bring him back to his senses. And he joins the team. Back on the Wave Rider, the Monitor makes Ray build a Paragon detector. 
and that detector identifies Kate as the new paragon of courage instead of Earth-99's Bruce. Kate and Kara have a pep talk about hope and courage, and Kara reveals she plans to use the Book of Destiny and to bring her Earth back. Kate looks at her and One then, track mind this girl. Kate looks at her and then looks at the kryptonite that she stole. Because she's like, um, just in case. And unbeknownst to everyone, Harbinger is secretly contacted by the my anti-monitor and she disappears. Kind of a kind of a downer of an episode, but I loved all the Superman stuff. Loved the Brandon Ralph Superman stuff, loved the Smallville Superman stuff, loved Lois. As a matter of fact, there's a moment that if I had any bigger of a heart, I would cry. And that's when Lois bumps into Brandon Ralph Superman and he says, you look like somebody I know. And they play the Superman, classic Superman score. Um, no, but particularly the Lois, the romantic oh, music that. that plays between him and uh, Margot Kidder. And all of that was just like, man, I, I have a fondness for those 1970s Superman films. And so an homage back to that, an homage back to their biggest, you know, that was their biggest, most ambitious attempt at, at the time in 1970, whatever, to create an entire Superman film. Um, and so the nod back to that definitely felt worthy. It definitely felt um, like you were paying attention to history. Ready for part three? Let's go. The Flash. Ray's Paragon Detector uh, identifies Barry as a Paragon of Love. Well, he also gets some help from Cisco and Team Flash, but yeah. Paragon of Love sounds like a bad Eddie Vedder song. Paragon of Love sounds... Or Eddie yeah. Money. It sounds like an Eddie Money song. Yeah, it does sound pretty Or like nice. a Sting. It's the Paragon of Love. Sex Pistols. Hell yeah. Um, John Jones is the Paragon of Honor, and Ivy Town scientist Ryan Choi is the Paragon of Humanity. Ryan, for those uninitiated, is the current arrow, if I'm not mistaken. A current atom. If I'm not oh. mistaken, and if you play Injustice, he's the Adam in that game. So, Ray, Iris, and Ralph Dibney leave to go talk to Ryan Choi in Ivy Town, who, when initially finding out that the worlds are going to end, is like, yeah, no, I'm going to go hang out with my wife. Because if the world's ending, I'm not going to go with a bunch of strangers I just met. Go hang out with my wife, which I totally get that. Iris and him have a discussion about sacrifice and how humans can be heroes too, and he ends up joining the team. Diggle arrives and chews out Sarah for bringing Ollie back to life, and then chews out the monitor because Lila's missing. He agrees to go to Purgatory and get Ollie's soul back, and Cisco finds the source of the antimatter wave beneath Central City, and he's confronted by the monitor who makes him vibe again. There was like an entire plot point in uh, Flash about uh, Cisco wanting his powers, not wanting his powers. He gave himself a, a cure so he wouldn't have any powers, and now he is vibe again. And I don't know if he will be vibe when we get back to Flash. Uh, I, I suspect a lot of things will be different when we go back to these individual shows after what's happened in this one. But um, we did the, 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 the. Meanwhile, Constantine, Mia, and Diggle visit Lucifer. Another humongous cameo that people were bugging out about because Lucifer has been the stepchild of the DC shows. You know, he's on Netflix now, and there's been very I didn't even know that that was a a whole DC show. I thought that was just a Fox show. No, that's a DC property. He's Lucifer Morningstar, which is a DC comic character. Um, And so he is the devil. Um, And he has... That's that's what I was mentioning when I said Constantine and him would have been perfect in Swamp Thing. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, 
what do you think of that character's portrayal? You'd never met him before. What do you think about? Well, I've Lucifer? seen episodes of Lucifer. Oh, yeah. I just didn't know. What do you, it was about, a... what do you think about the show? How do you think about its inclusion into this? I think I saw maybe like two, two full episodes of Lucifer in various different spans. Just like that's on. Like like my grandmother would be flipping through TV and it would be on. But other than that, I love this actor who played him. I yeah. thought he was great. I love Const- the whole him and Constantine like feel like if that's the case, man, they should have just thrown Con- them having like a back history. That why didn't Constantine wasn't in the Lucifer show? They should have thrown him in there. there I've was- never seen the dude. Lucifer there's movie. so many. There's so much wasted potential that people just don't take the initiative to do. And this is why I don't get into these network television shows. But I feel like while we would get excited over that, that's not enough to push the dial for them, the common common fan. If you're already into a show like this, what else do you want? No, but I don't I'm saying get that it. I don't. I only think they do things like that to get more people to watch. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, would a person who doesn't know about like Justice League Dark would they get hyped to know that Constantine's showing up on Lucifer? But if you're already watching a show like Lucifer, where the devil is like a, a publicist or something, but you've already said that you didn't even know it was a comic book. Show. Well, I didn't so know they it could a... be watching this, thinking it's some kind of supernatural. No, but that's show. what I'm saying. If you're already into something for the supernaturalness, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it get you to Crisis if you were like, if you know these specific specific characters from other works? But if you found out that Buffy was showing up on Charmed, I don't know if you'd be 100 percent like. Well, if I'm if I'm a huge Buffy fan and there was a what crossover, if you're just on Char- a huge Charmed fan. I would be excited to see someone else's show. Like, just crossovers in general should be enough to get people excited. Like, that's... To me, I think that's crazy. Anything that keeps Matt Smith on television because he's floating around because he has no show. So, it would be cool to see... Poor guy. I think Lucifer's maybe doing its last season on Netflix. Um, uh, Because it got renewed on Netflix because it had originally gotten canceled. But the fans really loved that show. So, they really got... They got their gift... In the form of yeah, so Lucifer see, there character. you go. If if you if, if the fans, would, let's just say half of the fans that love Lucifer don't know that it's a comic book character, they signed a petition to get a comic book character that they didn't know about on their show and on a new to have a renewed show. So shouldn't they be ready to watch Crisis if not they if love they this? Know, not if they don't know that that's where it's from, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they don't know that he's a character from the Arrowverse, it, it's no connection to them. They, it's this is a show, you know. And then that's something else that's going on, but people are idiots. Uh, but we are at where are we at? Where are we? Purgatory, uh, I think. Um, yeah. Well, after Monitor restores Cisco's powers, Vibe uses his abilities to help Team Flash and Pariah return to the Anti-Monitor's chamber beneath Central City, where they find the Anti-Matter Cannon and Earth '90s Flash. From literally the 90s Flash television show. They played even by took, John Wesley Shipp. Dude, they even took a, a clip, a snippet from an episode of the Flash 90s show. That is a love letter, bro. I, I so dig it because if you did watch that show, which I didn't. But if you watched that show and then you watched this, like, what else could you want? Like, it's all there for you. Um, even even with the whole Brandon Ralph, uh, the way his... We'll get there anyways. Go ahead. But, but the thing is, I just love that. I, you got me at the love letter part. And I'm like, yeah, to be honest with you, this does show, seem like a love letter to DC Medium. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is with... The 90s Flash was had been disappeared since the last crossover, since Elseworlds. The Monitor disappeared him. I think he sent him to another Earth, and then the Anti-Monitor supposedly picked him up and is now using him to power this cannon that's taking out all these other Earths. So they decide, well, you know what? If we get him off the, the treadmill cannon powering thing, we will stop the, we'll stop the cannon. But... When, when Cisco frees him, the cannon starts to go critical. So 
Pariah recruit our boy Jefferson Pierce, and we get our Black Lightning cameo. Black Lightning was rumored to not be part of the Arrowverse. It's gone two seasons without mostly any mentions, um, and has existed on its own on its own Earth, apart from the main Earth of Flash and Arrow, and even apart from the Earth of Supergirl. So a third tier Earth. You understand? So I was so happy to see Jefferson Pierce. Uh, show up and be back, and I was also happy that he didn't just show up and was like, oh, what are y'all doing? I'm down. He was like, where the hell am I? Send me back to my family, and he just starts attacking people. <laughs> he just starts electrocuting people. He sends Barry into a wall. It's a whole thing. It was hilarious. I thought it was so damn funny. Um, what do you think about uh, Jefferson Pierce showing up, not really knowing what's going on? <laughs> that man got a dope suit. Yeah, better suit that now than he had before. Better suit now than was yeah, before? Yeah, those lightning bolts before used to be see-through. Ugh. They were like bubbled, and there was lights inside of them. It would just seem kind of, kind of much. But, um, but I'm so happy that Jefferson is in this. I'm happy Black Lightning is in this. Of course, crossover. because then that just means that we have room for Static Shock, which a lot of people have been, you know, excited for. I mean, as that's well. his, that's his protege. Is it? That's his sidekick, right? The yeah. child sidekick. When you start bringing in those child sidekicks, then you offer a live action Young Justice. You understand? Know or you maybe even give doors. us even give us Static Shock in season three of Titans. Yeah. That would like, actually be pretty cool, too. Tell me that not cool that would be. No, like. that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so Pierce shows up. Um, he's pissed that his Earth and his family are destroyed, but like I said, he ultimately helps save the multiverse um, when the situation is explained to him. Kate and Kara have a standoff, dealing with Kara wanting to use the Book of Destiny to bring back Earth-38, but Kara eventually gives in and leaves. I actually thought this was a pretty cool scene because I liked the tension. I liked the whole, like, Good luck stopping me. And then Kara, uh, Kate's like, I might have a better chance than you think. <laughs> and he, she's got the uh, thing in her hand, so I thought that was pretty cool. But what do you think about Kara and Kate's standoff? I, Without I, Kara knowing that Kate had the kryptonite. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Batman versus Superman. Again? Again, but yeah. with women. So if you would have given me a little, at least a little fight till one of them just like realizes like, like Kara's about to like kill Kate. Yeah. And then she like snaps out of it, and you know, oh she's the be- she's the paragon of hope, and you know, yet to know that there's hope, you have to know that hope can also fall. And- well, she was also misinterpreting that hope thing, right? Like, hope is like a big blanket statement. She was making this part- particularly about making this particularly about um, hope for her Earth, not hope for the multiverse. She was really harping on. Having to be the hope for Earth thirty eight, and yes. I think that that one track mind, like we were talking about before, kind of kind of got in the way of things because she should be hopeful for the entire multiverse, but instead she's just hopeful for her Earth, which causes this kind of clash there. Um, so yeah, they have a standoff in Purgatory. Mia, Constantine, and Digu find Oliver on his version of Purgatory, which is Lian Yu. It's the fifteenth damn time that they've said that Oliver's personal hell is this island. I swear to you, every season he finds a way back onto the island, and somebody's like, "This is your jail, Oliver. This is your prison. This is why you hate Lian Yu." I swear to the gods of Mirakuru, I will, Mirakuru. I will hurt, I will hurt someone. You know they're selling that for free now in the black market. I believe they, re- it. they remind him of who he is, and they catch him up to speed. Back in Central City, Barry, <laughs> Barry one, Barry, our Barry, volunteers to destroy the cannon, which will result in his death. And so he says his goodbyes to Iris. However, Barry from Earth ninety stops him, claiming the monitor didn't specifically say which Flash was going to die in the crisis, and takes uh, our Barry's place, and perishes. 
Um, a lot of people, a lot of people sussed this out early because the monitor said to prevent crisis, the Flash must die. He never said you. He never said Barry, that Barry, any of that stuff. So early on, a lot of people were like, oh, well, it might be Earth 90s Flash. It might be another Flash and all those kind of things there. They should have killed off. Uh, What's his face? Uh well, I'll, 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 it's a it's a spoiler that I rather mark out for. Okay, because I can't later. believe it. I can't oh, believe oh, they brought yes. him in. Okay, later. Uh, back in Purgatory, <laughs> Oliver goes to leave with Diggle and etc. Okay, this is when things kind of get a little weird because Jim Corrigan shows up and he's a Spectre in the comics. Yeah, if you didn't know that. What I is that. this scene for you? Oh. That- I was watching this with my boy, yeah. and he was confused as hell. He's like, yo, who is that going into what's going on? I'm like, yo, that's like, oh, by the way, I got to give you my powers. And then Oliver's like, yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? And which, they're thank like, thank you for having you me not read Batman back? Metal, by the way. Because yeah. if I never read Batman Metal, which didn't have you know, oh, Constantine damned. and the damned. Spectre. Uh, it was damned? Yeah. Ba- uh, the Batman Damned with yeah. the Spectre and Constantine and Swamp Thing. If I didn't read that one specific book... It wouldn't have just opened up my eyes to a world of DC's dark or their black labels, you yeah. call them. Like. They're all, they're, yeah, they're, at least they're mystical or magical uh, realm. But yeah, I, I, was, I didn't like this. And I do think that the entire, the entirety of the Spectre's existence in this show is hand-waved. Everything he does, everything he can do, everything is, is just like, yeah. I'll yeah. do that. No problem. Yeah. And that, that's one of my issues, but it is what it is. Oliver accepts his new role as Spectre, and Constantine's team is sent back to the Wave Rider without him. Jefferson and Barry talk about losing their fathers and how they aren't quitters. What do you think about those two getting together and talking for the first time? I mean, in a sense, it didn't really... Uh, I don't, listen, I'm trying not to have, to have us lose fans, but I didn't really give a shit. You didn't care? I really didn't care. I'm rolling my eyes the whole time. So my issue... Not issue with it. I thought it was quite ironic that Barry Allen was talking to Jefferson about losing like his whole family when Barry kind of just got a new lease on life. Like he was supposed to die, but he didn't yeah. die. So he technically didn't sacrifice anything. No. And then he's talking to a man who sacrificed his entire family. Like, come on, bro, get with the program. And I was like, eh. but I did like that. They both have fathers who passed away and they are not quitters. I, I like the idea that they could both be on the same page because this is a relationship that's just budding. You're literally watching them meet each other for the first time. Yeah. So five years from now, when another crossover happens, you know, when they do Batman Metal or whatever the hell, then we'll uh, see where this relationship, this friendship um, goes. And we'll see uh, how cool they are after the fact. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So... We, I think you're on the second page now. No, I, I think I'm on... Yes, 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 yes. So, <laughs> forgot all about that. So, Kate reveals the kryptonite she was holding to Kara. She comes out clean. She's like, hey, look, this is what I had. And Kara's like, what the hell are you doing with that? And she's like, well, Bruce took it, so I took it. And then Kara's like, well, you can keep it because I have the courage that you won't ever use it. But to be honest, that look that she gave her when she said it was not convincing. <laughs> she gives her a look like, like if I have to... Um, which is this is this is a Superman Batman thing. This is something that happened in the comics and in the animated thing. The idea that the Superman character would trust the Batman character with the weapon that can kill him. Um, what do you think about the homage? What do you think about the? Yeah, I, I can see that they're doing their homework, but they're also taking liberties to make it into other characters that I just I don't know. It's 
It's it's weird for me to see to know specifically how two things go, and then when I see the two things or the three things go the way they go, but with different characters, it's it's unorthodox for me. It's off putting. It's weird. It's like, but why couldn't you just do it with the characters from the book? Oh, yeah. but you know, blah, blah, blah. why couldn't you just but do we it with don't the have characters? A Batman. See, and that's that's their that's their problem, not ours. That's true. That's true. I can see that. Like like look how many look how many supernatural powered beings they have on the CW shows and you're telling me they can't get a man that uses gadgets because of budget constrictions? Get out of here. I think it was more I think the Superman and Batman thing was more the fact that they were using them in movies. I think that they were allowed to use Flash because they were never going to make a Flash movie until the Justice League started to form and they were allowed to use Arrow because they literally were never going to make an Arrow movie and Supergirl is considered third tier to, to, to Superman for the most part in, in, in non-initiated people's eyes that's somebody so that no it, one's going to care be, about because it's Batman and Superman it's off limits to make TV shows about them for the most part yeah Gotham, but, but, Gotham but, couldn't even do but a, a we Batman just had show. five we had like five Supermans in this show and <laughs> whatever and, right, we had, and the right. one Batman we get dies in five minutes well we're getting a Superman show now so then, we where's my Batman show? Then don't not one person well, that, tell me Gotham. Well, that the thing is, you kind of had Gotham, and uh, like I said, with Batwoman show continuing, her Bruce exists. He's just not there. He's just gone missing. So who knows when he's coming in for that? Another thing is the Batman story has been told a million times, a million times. I don't. Well, I don't want to see. I don't want a series of Batman show. I just. But you, it would I take wanna, a series of a Batman show to get to this moment that we're talking about. You would need a series of a Batman show and a series of Superman show to get but to look the how moment we where just they used, to fight each other. Look how they just used credibility of Kevin Conroy's name alone just to have us hyped over this kind of Batman that we didn't need to see three episodes of Kevin Conroy's Batman in. Batwoman. So you would have liked this exchange to happen more so... No, with... not just... Not this... I would like to saying, see Batman this, in general. How would this exchange have gone for you if this exchange was between Kevin Conroy and Brandon Routh? Ultimately, the same thing because you have the you have a Batman who's, who's killing, who's killing, has no hope, and uh, broken his code, and you have a Superman that has lost everything to Joker. You saw and... a Batman who's killing and had no hope in Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah, but that was Zack Snyder, like, you know... Different writing. I actually like CW's writing. For some okay. reason, I feel like it's as much as I feel like the acting, or at least the direction, is bland. Like some of these people are are delivering these lines pretty blandish to me. Yeah. But I still feel like these are fleshed out characters. I still feel like every character is real and natural, and I could actually see myself getting into their show if I just sat down and got into it. Yeah. I could only watch Batman versus Superman once a year, if that. I, I like the little nods. I thought they were cute. I do wonder, though, like you said, you like Arrow, a lot of early Arrow felt like a lot of early Batman. And because of that, that also makes a Batman show kind of superfluous at the moment because we've done League of Shadows. You understand? We've done starting off as a vigilante billionaire. Oh, no, yeah, that's what my that issue is. They basically gave everything of Batman's life into Arrow. Yeah. And it's like, but why couldn't you just done Batman? But it's, it's I guess, let them do what they want to do because... They're still making ratings. Honestly. They're still making their ratings. Um, the heroes regroup and Iris and company show up with uh Amad not Amadeus. <laughs> uh, Ryan Choi. Uh, <laughs> I think that was racist. Yeah, Amadeus Cho is his name, that's why. The anti monitor sends a brainwashed harbinger to kill the monitor, which also happens in the comic. So he can absorb his power and finish destroying the multiverse. Before the remaining heroes and Earth-1 are destroyed, Pariah sends the Paragons to the vanishing point to keep him safe. Dun, dun, dun. Where they witness Lex replace Superman 96 with himself by using the Book of Destiny. 
And that's that. How you feel about the death of the Flash, as presented in this crossover? Dude, did he like run into the Speed Force, or is he yeah. being destroyed by the antimatter or whatever? I think it's a combination of both. It's like he's using the Speed Force to he... stop the antimatter wave, and they kind of just because in the comics that's exactly what happens. He runs around the antimatter wave and he disappears. He actually becomes the 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 Speed Force itself, the right? lightning that strikes him. Wow, that's yeah. Pretty... He becomes he the runs back bolt. in time and light and strikes well, I, through the whatever it, through trying because remember time thing, is yeah. definitely right. He relative. just becomes so he becomes the lightning strike, gets the powers, lives his life. Sacrifices himself, becomes a lightning bolt, gets the powers. That's a hell life, of a fucking himself. yeah. So that's that's a, a that's, hell of a treat. That's before they pulled them out of the Speed Force um, in the in, in later issues. But um, Earth ninety Flash is gone. Did you shed a tear? I was actually really surprised. I was actually pretty surprised that they killed him. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I didn't think they were gonna do it because when they when they killed off Ollie in the first episode. Instead of doing Supergirl and Flash, I'm like, all right, so then they're not gonna kill Flash and Supergirl off. But this show kept every part kept really holding, hammering at home that hey, one of these characters might die. One of these characters might die. Even in part five, I thought they're yo, are they really about to kill off Supergirl right now? Like, what is going on? Yeah, so, they did have that moment, right? That was yeah, funny. so I was pre- so I was pretty surprised that they killed off this Flash. I never thought he was gonna die. I never thought <laughs> that Barry Allen was gonna die. So the entirety of this, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the to to find out. Okay, how is he not gonna die? So as he's giving him these tearful farewells, I realize that his show, his series, is going to continue. So I'm like, I don't believe this. Ali, I knew he was gonna die, and I was sadder for that because it was the end of the it was the end of this little Arrow uh, adventure, and that was a that was a big deal uh, for me, at least. But we even got that kind of cheapened out, and we got to go through his death again. I don't know if Tony Stark would have died in. Infinity War and Endgame, it would have been a bit much, right? Well, he got like he, if Thanos killed him in, in Infinity War. Well, Thanos War, left him for dead. If it wasn't for Captain Marvel, he would have been dead. He gave him a nice yeah, fatal blow to the about, stomach. I don't know about left him for dead because he, it was a fatal blow through the I don't stomach. Think he cared even if he lived, though. Oh, true. You yeah, know what I'm saying? like it. it they but it was still, it was, it was a still, a, even if it was unconscious, it was still a left for dead, even yeah. unintentional. Yeah, but what if he would have killed him? Oh, if he would just they like would have done uh, the funeral. Like, on Titan between the Guardians and everybody else there, and then he they brought him back to life with the snap, and then he snapped again and killed himself. It would, ha- it would take away the, it would take yeah. away the emotional punch. So seeing Ali die the way they had him die in episode one, and what ends up happening in the in the subsequent episodes, it kind of pulled the punch for me. But let's get into this Arrow episode, my least favorite episode of the crossover. My definitely my least favorite. Which sucks because it was the first episode back. <laughs> so, a flashback review. It's actually it's also going to be our shortest uh, recap. <laughs> the flashback reveals that on the planet Maltus, where they sell Maltas, I guess, <laughs> a younger monitor uh, attempted to time travel to witness the birth of the universe, but accidentally arrived at the birth of the antimatter universe. Very weird. He has like smaller armor. He's a bit skinnier. He looks a little bit younger. Um, uh, Still talks like a goddamn computer and it annoys me. I was Everything uh, he says is like this and all matter of he was fact. Like, uh, he was like, I'm just the scientist. You're the monitor. Which I'm like, mm, we're the Flash. I got we're the Flash vibes. 
I'm like, just stop. I I get it. I get it. Listen, if you don't listen, you don't you don't understand the love. level of those shit writings from this show, especially in part five no. with the whole that crossover little jokes. Like, oh, does this happen in every crossover? Uh, but maybe that, work, that works. Oh, I'm never letting my kid watch this show. Oh, that wah, didn't work. Wah, that didn't make sense. That didn't like, make sense because what show? But anyway. they talk about the show of the of that big bear thing that was crashing. Bebo. But yeah, I don't Bebo. think he's from a. Is he from a show? He's from a show in their world. Oh, like okay. that was. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a telly, think of it as like a, t- a giant Teletubby. Right, right, so that's right. why Diggle's like, I'm never letting my kid watch the show. But I knew the way that they were putting that writing, setting up, they were making an in-house meta joke. Yes. And I'm just like, yeah. wah, wah, okay. But listen, they get to make meta jokes because the movies can't make meta jokes because the movies suck. So, so Avengers I, gets a level. No one of, makes metal jokes like Mister Nobody makes metal jokes. So I, I feel you. I feel you. But he's DC. I mean, DC's stepping their game. They're metal they are, game they, up. You know what? You know what? They're stepping Touché their metal game one. up. They, they are understanding their, their history, up. and they've always had a really good handle on their meta game in comics. They really understand what people laugh at. You know, behind scenes that happens in comics, and they they bring a light to it. So I'm happy that it's finally happening here. But um, the failed experiment results in a doppelganger of Mar Norvu called the Anti-Monitor, who, upon learning about the multiverse's existence, is hell-bent on destroying it. Back with our heroes in the Vanishing Point, I didn't realize this, it was a month that they were that Barry was gone. So for a month, in this Vanishing Point, uh, all the Paragons are just doing things for a month. Yeah. So Ryan Choi is working on a teleporter with Lex using like scraps of whatever's around. Martian Manhunter is literally meditating for a month. He's not talking to anybody. He's living his life. Batwoman is training? I'm being told? What, shadow boxing for a month? That's a long time to do push-ups. Don't understand what's going on with that. Uh, and Supergirl has just lost hope. And they just show her with the other Superman's cape, which made me laugh because I'm like, Lost hope for a month? Did she just stand there for a month with the cape? Yeah. What's, what's going they on there? She just stood there for a month. Uh, so, yeah, she's sad. She's been sad throughout all of this, though. It's kind of funny. Um, well, not funny. I guess it's kind of sad. But, uh, Barry shows up. Suddenly, Barry appears from the Speed Force, and he's panicked because he's like, I've just been gone for a second. They're like, you've been gone for 28 days. And he's like, oh, hell no. Well, I keep trying to get out, but there's no way out. But then Oliver shows up. And oh no, we see Oliver and Jim meditating in purgatory, and Oliver remembers his struggles since the sinking of the Queen's Gambit. And Corrigan explains that they led Oliver; those memories led Oliver to his destiny against the Anti Monitor, which turns out to be kind of like a fight. He's they're arming Oliver as the Spectre to get ready for this big showdown with the Anti Monitor. That he doesn't even do anything because it's actually everybody else that does it with love. But <laughs> Oliver leaves to go to the vanishing point and rescue the Paragons. <laughs> Uh, so this is the kind of crazy because he's like, because Flash is like, Oliver, I, you don't understand. I, I can't. The speed force. I can't. I don't have enough power. And then Oliver's like, I do. Boop. <laughs> and he just like, boop, touches him and he's like, and now you do. Now you have all the power that you needed. And I'm like, this is this. And there's a lot of hands on my hips moments. This is the first hand on my hip moment where I'm like, all right. Not to mention that Oliver's Spectre outfit is literally just his arrow costume, yeah. just a bit longer. Yeah, basically. And then he's his, like, you know, the Spectre is ghost white. And Oliver looked kind of sick, like he looked like he hadn't been taking his B vitamins or he hadn't been uh, doing his uh, 
his tanning. He seemed pretty like you know like like his like gravelly thinning, thin, thinning. like his neck oh, looked pretty okay. like you know thin and Ghostly. everything. Yeah, he was Haunting. really looking really like he's on cancer or something like chemo treatments. I didn't. Li- I felt like if you were gonna do the voice, you should have made him more ghostly. He looked like regular Oliver with a new voice. Um, I dig the Spectre character. I completely love it. It's 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 metal as hell. The living embodiment of God's wrath on Earth. Like, there's nothing cooler than that, but I just felt like they kind of failed him a little bit. Oh, no, they, they totally dropped portrayal. the ball on this one. Um, But, yeah. So, now, correct me if I'm wrong, and odds are you won't be able to correct me because you're probably as confused as I am. But everyone else, everyone gets separated. They send Supergirl, Ryan Choi, and Lex to the past to stop um the Monitor from doing this experiment. Then... Barry zooms through the Speed Force and everyone gets sent to the Speed Force where Oliver separates them into different moments to save them <laughs> because if he did, if anyone falls out of the Speed Force, they die. Right? Did, did I get that right? There's something uh, along those lines. Uh, that sounded to me make much more sense than what I was watching. Because I had, I was very so lost. Very confusing. So and lost. And none of this happens in the comic. So it's very confusing. Um, because it's parts in the comic that are confusing. I would then, you know, I can paste my own, uh, you know, my, do my own headcanon. But this was something brand new. And I just like, why did you invent this? And what the hell is going on? But this stems from one of my gripes about the Flash. I don't like their personification of the Speed Force. I don't understand why they think the Speed Force is this weird, memory-soaked place of like. It's not no because time when he goes force, to the Speed Force, speed when force. Barry goes to the Speed Force, he sees his mother personified as the Speed Force, or the Speed Force personified as his mother, which has never happened before in comic book history. They've made the Speed Force an actual, tangible place with people and things, and to my knowledge, it's never been that. It literally looks like a, a storm. That, he, that he's through. So when you're trapped there, you're literally in limbo. You're not hanging out, you know? Uh, so that was just weird. Um, anyway, on the other Earth... Oh, no. Sorry. Barry goes to different moments in time where he's trying to save different uh, members of the Paragons because all the Paragons who are at the vanishing point are at different moments in time, and Barry has to save them. He ends up on another Earth in another central city where he becomes where he comes face-to-face with his DC Extended Universe counterpart, Ezra Miller, as the Flash, the Justice League that, Flash, the Flash movie I Flash, in a moment out. that people never thought was going to happen because people for years said that they would never acknowledge the Arrowverse as part of uh, existing and in any way, shape, or form near the movie universe. Uh, the heavy lifting that Grant Gustin has done as the Flash got people upset that they even casted another Flash. They're like, why would you make another guy the Flash? This guy's been busting his ass as the Flash for five years. And Ezra Miller got a lot of crap. I wouldn't be surprised if Ezra was fully aware that people preferred Barry to his. And what do you do in that moment? I think you do this. I think you show that they're cool. You show that they're on the same level. And maybe, maybe we might get a Grant Gustin cameo in the Flash movie. Maybe this sets up a two-way street for this kind of situation. And if it does, the DC movie universe can is going to get. I'm even a, enjoying a, the fact a, that a when perk. he came in to do his cameo, he's literally saying the same, almost the same, almost saying the same shit he said in Batman versus Superman. So initially, because there's like weird wavy lines. Initially, I thought this was all B-roll stuff he said in 
Justice League or BVS that they somehow managed. Like, how can they do with yeah. Carrie Fisher? Yeah. Carrie Fisher's in Rise of Skywalker. All her footage is footage shot from Last Jedi. She shot nothing for Last Skywalker. She died. Um, so they used conversations that she never had to make her dialogue for Last Jedi. So I thought that this was just B-roll left over from The Flash. But at one point, they touch each other. And I was like, oh, okay. He's there. That makes this a little bit better. But anything else you have to say on Ezra Miller's... I can't the, believe the, it. The biggest, right? The biggest That's, cameo that, in To this. me, I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I love Brandon <sighs> Roth, Tom Welling, and Kevin Conroy and all that crap. To me, this was the biggest fucking cameo I've ever seen in my entire life of any movie, any TV show. This was huge. I'm talking huge. I'm talking this is Captain America showing up in Net- Marvel Netflix Daredevil huge. Like that would be freaking huge, wouldn't it? Yeah, like this that that's how that's what on par this is. You're right. And this- you know what that's funny? That's that's another big funny thing is that it's literally the one thing they now have up over Marvel. Yeah. Marvel never acknowledged their television shows. That's right. And That's so right. the only television show that was ever acknowledged by Marvel is Ka- is Agent Carter, which no one really saw because the actor. Who Wait, plays even Agent of Shield wasn't acknowledged by because I figured. That's no, how you, it can't be. Well, no, that's how you understand you get the, everything that was going on in Age of Ultron. The, the, they have Agent the- Shield reference. Marvel TV likes likes Marvel movies. Yes, Marvel movies likes Marvel TV. Ah, okay. <laughs> so the movies never reference television. The television references the, the movies, movies, but the movies act like the television doesn't exist. They've never it's referenced just so it. So coincidentally never... that you would get a Baron Strucker in Age of Ultron when he was already in Agents of Shield before. But so... they wouldn't they never say in that that like they say like this was a past mission or like that, but they could point you. Yeah. But if they pointed you, they would have to admit that Clark Gregg slash Agent Phil Coulson is alive. And to our knowledge, our Avengers think he's dead. So that's all that's washed away. And now we're getting some actual synergy, some actual connection here. And I'm really excited for what they even kept the same suit. They even gave him the same. They laugh at each other's suits. They like they 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 make references to each other's suits. Um, Barry, but the biggest thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Ezra Miller gets his name The Flash from Barry Allen. Because in Justice League, I don't think he's ever referenced as the Flash. He was never called the Flash. And so in BVS, he's never referenced as the Flash, even though they made him a, a Lex Luthor was nice enough to make him a logo um, in his folders <laughs> that, he, that he created with everybody. Yeah, and I remember him, him. Being, just being like they have they they ca- the they oh, the thing whatever. is they always no they always bill superheroes as their name from the comic book, but the movies never name them. So it's like what's what's the point? What's the point of, of saying that you that that you see it on the, in the credits? Uh, Barry Allen slash The Flash, but in the movie he would be never once named The Flash. Then what's the point? Just have him credited as Barry Allen. It, it makes it makes no sense. I, that's oh what... yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, it's like they didn't earn the mantle yet, but we were gonna give him the mantle because that's what that's what happens there. It's like we have we have to logically give him the name Flash for our uh, our crediting, but we're not gonna call him the Flash in the movie. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. That's why I stopped liking Arrow. I'm tired of him being called the Vigilante. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I don't think they even call him. They eventually call him the Green Arrow, but it's like the Vigilante, the Hood, the Arrow, and then eventually Green Arrow. Uh, but yeah, stellar cameo, absolutely amazing cameo. Um, but let's keep on trucking because on the alien Earth, uh, Lex knocks out Supergirl and Ryan with his upgrades. He just gave himself upgrades from the Book of Destiny and knows how to use them. And and they're upgrades, but they don't kill. 
all of this was not explained. None of this was given any kind of explanation. Like I said, uh, Lex just has powers now and powers that can knock out Superman and Ryan Choi. Yeah, he gives the he same blast. To, he gives the same blast to Ryan Choi and to Supergirl. Um, Supergirl. Ryan Choi wakes up first. Not one broken bone. Nothing. Not no one issues, scratch. Nothing. No dirt. What? What? Anyway, after getting a <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, Lex. Uh, goes to confront a younger monitor after knocking out his wife um, and warns Novu, young Novu, of the consequences of his experimentation and states that he will help him make sure it doesn't happen so long as Novu makes sure to give him some perks once the universe is back to normal. Supergirl and Ryan catch up to them and Supergirl fights Lex. After getting everyone, Flash picks up Supergirl, Ryan, and Lex and they arrive at the antimatter universe. Thinking that now that they, that Marnovu has never done his assignment, never done his experiment, there is no anti monitor. But boom, 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 the anti monitor is still there, stating that any version of Marnovu would be unable to resist him, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense, right? He's like, bro, I'm a multiversal threat. You stopped one Marnovu from from doing the experiment. You think all every single Marnovu from this infinite Earths didn't do it? Come on, bro. Of course he did, and so. He shows up and starts to try to fight them with his shadow demons. The Paragons fight the shadow demons, but Oliver in his specter form fights the Anti-Monitor. Unleashing his power, Oliver shoots up the signal that gives Flash and Supergirl the opportunity to fan the flames that create the start of a new multiverse. This is a bit cheesy. Didn't they call it a rebirth and all that? Well, that's fine, because DC has trademark in, in that, I guess. My issue was, like... What does he mean, fan the flames? I don't know. Let's just think of what we represent and just, like, will it? Like, let's just let's just stand there and love, wisdom, truth. And I was like, that earth, that's heart, right. water. I'm like, that doesn't do anything. No, that doesn't. And maybe I shouldn't have rubbed against it, but I was very much like, they were trying to summon Captain Planet, George. That's I the never, problem. I never like when. I mean, I get that it's it's a sweet sentiment, but I never like when like. Love, just the feeling of love. No, no action behind it. Just the existence of love is enough to make things stop, grow, or anything else. But Oliver basically suicide bombed with the with the Annie monitor. That's the power of love. Yes, and he ends up creating the multiverse. They actually see um, worlds formed, like colliding. Like and now the comics looked and shit. Yeah, um, what'd you think about that? What'd you think about the real death of Oliver Queen? Asking his friends to watch over his family. Um, the anti-monitor is nowhere to be found, and Oliver dies in Flash's arms uh, where Sarah there to watch. Listen, well. my Oliver Queen died pre-season one, okay? My Oliver Queen was the party boy, lifestyle living, driving the yachts, and sleeping with all the babes. My Oliver Queen ain't this, like, uh, I'd the have hero? a redemption. <laughs> yeah, the hero. That ain't my the Oliver hero. Queen. But he always becomes the hero. Every Oliver Queen becomes the hero. Except when he was a Nazi. Except for when he was a Nazi. Maybe he started off as a hero. Didn't the Nazi... No, I'm not even going to get there. Let's not so, even open that can of worms. I'm not opening that can of... Hey, you can hold the can of worms. Matter of fact, you hold it. Yeah, I'm going to throw it out. It. Hold on to it. It was sad. They played the sad music. It was sad to see Barry see him die. Um, but... In the arms again, of an angel. In the arms of a paragon. <laughs> but I do think that it was cheapened. I do think that ultimately the death was cheapened because of... Um, the, the death in the first episode, man. Dude, he was dead. He, that's it. He died twice. That's it. You know, and they, and they, I like how in this one, he's like, this was what he was talking about. This was the real sacrifice. And I was like, you were right. So it was always meant for him to come back to life to then be killed. Isn't that a bit 
That's a bit morose. much. That's that's much. That's a little bit depressing. That's, that's definitely morose. That's but, definitely morose. But somebody, I think, in the next episode says something like, let's let him rest. And I'm, I'm 100%. Like, when when Tony dies in... um, oh, Spoiler alert. When Tony dies in Avengers Endgame... What? We're, 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 <laughs> we're, we're told, like, you know, we have to let him rest. He's done enough. Let's let him rest. And I truly believe that with Oliver. Because, man... This guy has been tortured since the island. Every year of his life has been his life coming back to haunt him. His friends dying, his family dying. For eight years, this man has been tortured. Then the existence of aliens, other worlds, doppelgangers, doppelgangers of his ex-girlfriend showing up, his ex-girlfriend showing up, (laughs) all that stuff, his sister dying, being resurrected. My man, Oliver Queen, has done enough for the multiverse. He's done enough for Arrow. He's done enough for CW to be laid to rest. So with this being the final episode of Arrow, I thought that... um, I thought this it was, was it, right? This thought, is the. Yes, this is this the final. Is, this is which the, is why they. This, do, this shitty. Are you. Wait a minute. No. Listen, listen, no, listen, wait a listen, minute. Listen. Wait a minute. This is the series finale of Flash. Arrow. I mean, Arrow. I mean, this is the series finale of Arrow. Yes. The, the series finale. Yes. They closed it off with this. With the death of Oliver Queen. All right, but fighting for the multiverse. It started with a guy, it started with a guy with a suit jacket and pointy sticks, Dan. All right? This is a man who. Learn how to kill chickens on an island with pointy sticks. And at the end, he fights a multiversal threat and sacrifices himself for every Oliver Queen across the multiverse. I, I have That's seen a, a lot of terrible series finales in my days. This is this is, this is on par. Listen, this what, is on par with, with Benghazi, man. But what season finale is this worse than? Hmm, I'd say Lost. I don't think it's worse than Lost. Look, they didn't give you an entire season of that. Plus, we knew well, that no, Lost I- was an entire season of series finales. This was eight episodes. This season was eight episodes. That's so sad. All leading. No, because the all of the heavy work in the series was done in the seven seasons. You were watching that's these true. eight that's for true. the death of Oliver Queen. This is almost like an eight episode I don't know. That's, that's, that's morose. I don't know if I would watch eight Arrow for, the, for, to, for eight seasons just to know he's going to die. But the thing is, you can stop and you have your show. You can stop at season seven. And he leaves with the monitor, and all all ends. What was it? All that, ends well. That, that's that like well, that's whatever. like in two thousand eight, watching Iron Man in theaters for the first time, saying, "I can't wait to see him die in ten years." Uh, who? Of uh... Uh, Iron Man, like I don't know if I wanted to start a show just no. to know that Oliver is gonna uh, just just to see him die. That's that's his closing chapter. But if, but if some time travel person is like uh, Tony, there will be a great sacrifice to be had if you choose to face Thanos as a threat. You're wait. You're waiting for it, and I think a lot of people were waiting for Tony or Steve to die in Iron in Avengers Endgame. No, I I I knew one of them was going. That's what I'm saying. So you you are but knowing for but the knowing death. them knowing that it might like well you know that someone's gonna die when they're not being signed to do that character anymore. There's only two. There's only two ways that they can do it. Either that character retires or that character gets killed off. Right. There's only two ways to do it. But I I don't know I don't know if I ever went into Arrow seeing an end game here. I I maybe I was just too wrapped up in but, how much I liked Arrow to ever see an end game. But that's why I think it's a bit poetic that the end game for Arrow is a crossover leaving, leaving the rest of the shows that could not have been existing if it wasn't for Arrow in a better place. Putting them all together and in uh, one in one world one too. world one continuity. 
And now we have that's crazy. Star City, Central City, all Gotham City, all in one state. There's like some logistics things. We probably have Mark Brandanowitz on city planning because that can't work with all those cities together. But I'm not a geologist, so that is that's what I have there. You ready to finish this up? Because now we have a multiverse to talk about (laughs) with the final uh, step in all this. This last final episode. Physically assaulted fine. me. I thought it was fine. I was, I was physically assaulted really, by all of the dialogue. I I really liked it, but let's. We'll, Did we? We'll, do we really need twenty people to say ten words? What? Words? Like like I mean when like when you have a room full of twenty people and it's one sentence needs to be said. Why does every single person need to say one word from that sentence? What, or one that? or two? No, just for like I I couldn't be able to go like verbatim, but like no, it's a heavy accusation to not be able to go. Verbatim, no, 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 Mr. But, comic oh, book man. no, word for word, I can't go word for word, but there are. Give me an example. Like um uh, uh Diggle and uh what are, I don't even know who those characters are from Arrow that were all together Diggle and those Sarah? two not Sarah oh, the other uh, the other Wild two Dog and um yeah and uh Black and the other Black Canary they're right, they're all talking mm-hmm. about like Oliver mm-hmm. and it's you can tell by the order of the words it's all if one person was just to say one full statement but within it, it's broken up to I, each I person say, taking over that part of the sentence saying on, on each word. I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, he said, she, and like, not right, like that, right, but I'm right, like, right. like a whole one he person. He was a hero. Yes, he saved it. He was the best of us. And yeah, that, that, that yes. Oh, like, you know, if one person could have made that eulogy, but they, they decided to split it for like four people to say it. So my excuse for that or, or what reasoning behind that, I think, is because I think p- different people expect certain characters to say something once this happens. Because especially the characters on Arrow, they have to say something when Arrow dies, right? So even if Digger was the one who gave a soul eulogy, like, you don't got nothing to say, Wild Dog. You ain't got nothing to say, Canary. Like, you no, exist in the show I would because... Lo- I th- it, that, my problem is not them all saying something. It's all saying something that sounds like it's just Similar one person. One person is whole. just saying, like, you know, let them all say something different instead of the, he was a hero, he was the best of us, he did this, he did that, and, you know, Ali was this and this and that. Like, you know, Who, still- whose um, reaction to Oliver's death? Oh, Diggle. Diggle, Diggle broke my heart. Yeah. Diggle broke my heart. I was a little over Diggle. Now I'm gonna be on the other Man. side. I'm gonna be on the side that you're not on because I was like, like I, I wasn't there. Dig- you were never gonna be there, Diggle. You were never gonna be there. What were you gonna do? No, I wasn't but- there for him, Diggle. You weren't. You were like literally. You knew about this threat since the season started. Yeah, but that, but that's you like having a friend or a brother that that signs up for the military and goes into the military, and you know, and when they die, you have that. Has I wish anyone, I could have been there. I wish no I, one's I would- ever said that. No one's ever had a fallen soldier. Family member or friend die, and they go, if only I was in Iraq with him. It would have never <laughs> happened. No, because they know that that was a threat that they're going into. They understand the threat they're going into. And I think Diggle knows that that, that Adi I just feel bad for Diggle because, like, everybody around him is some badass, cool character. <laughs> and this guy just literally says, he's my brother. He's my brother. He's my brother. Like, poor but Diggle, man. But you don't feel man. bad for Ali. Ali's the same it's the same deal. He's the only person in a in a thing of cool characters. I, he can't fly. He ain't got super I speed. Have, I've 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 too Destiny. many times I've I've I felt bad for Ollie. It got to the point where people made me think he died off in season three and but with uh, Ra's yeah. Al Ghul. Like y'all can't be doing this to me no more. You're not you're not completely wrong there. Like like I've seen Oliver struggle so many times that it's to the point where I'm with you. Lay the motherfucker to rest. I'm not gonna cry. Leave him be. I think he just needs to to be at peace. I think I might have shed it a shed a tear if we would have just gotten the last death as just the death. 
because you would have been waiting the entire time, but he had to die to come back to be Spectre. Some yeah, reason. so that was a bit much, but and not, neither here nor there. I'm not a I'm not a television show writer. Um. Uh, so let's go back. So waking up in her apartment with Alex, Supergirl heads to where the Nobel to where the Nobel Peace Prize is uh being handed out. No one seems to remember the events of Crisis, uh, which is a big deal. Like literally, the Earth started to destroy, and everyone's like really super chill. So Supergirl's just trying to live her regular life, um, and do her work. So Nia Nall, who works with her, um, Dreamer calls her up and it's like you're late you, you're we're supposed to be at this whole nobel prize awarding ceremony um and it's really just supergirl finding out that no one knows what's going on and the world is not exactly how it was when she left it because the deo is property of luther corp now big dun, deal dun, dun. lex luther is now the boss of supergirl on in the supergirl show so we will be dealing with all those effects as well martian manhunter arrives where he remembers Oh, sorry, and he remembers uh, what happened. Supergirl responds to an attack on National City where she runs into Weather Witch. Before Weather Witch can attack Supergirl... Some of these is... names, man. Well, the thing is, Weather Witch had just been on Flash. No, yeah, because I know Flash pops up and says that's one of mine's. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, bro, we're in 2020. Can we not get the Polka King and, and you know, all that shit? Well, anymore? Weather like... Wizard is... A rogue, a member of the rogues. No, I know. It's just I feel like as iconic and quote unquote cool as these rogues galleries are for Flash, they got the most Saturday morning cartoony names. I mean, eventually we're gonna get that magician dude in the bank robbery, and I don't even know who the hell that man is. So Not nah, no clue. They, you know, it, they went. They they Easter eggs abound. Uh, before Weather Witch can attack Supergirl, she is knocked out by Flash, who mentions that Weather Witch is one of her enemies. Both of them figure out that their Earths have been merged, and they are approached by a man named Marv who asks for an autograph. Do you understand the significance of this moment, Dan? Not at all. That man is Marv Wolfman, the writer of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And the man who seemingly killed Flash and Supergirl, so it's odd that he wanted an autograph from the two people that he killed in his crossover comic. That, that's... Yeah, yeah, sure. Easter egg, baby. Sure, let's do it. Marv Wolfman. That's why she's they're like, oh, do we team up a lot? He's like, yeah, usually you have uh, Oliver with you and other stuff, or Green Arrow and stuff. So, uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so, Marv Wolfman. I, 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 I like that. Cutesy. In Central City, sewer workers find Nashville passed out. I thought that was funny as well. Sarah Lance finds Ray Palmer at the bar, and he doesn't remember anything. Martian Manhunter arrives and restores Ray May's, Ray's memories. And upon arriving at Green Arrow's bunker, Sarah runs into Diggle, Dinah Drake, and Ray Ramirez, who mentioned that Martian Manhunter has been restoring the memories of those who were involved in Crisis, but they cannot find Green Arrow's body. Sarah says maybe that maybe Arrow's in his new form. Maybe that's why they can't find him. And they're like, you know what, man? We just got to like let this go. <laughs> so they agree to stop looking for him, and they let Ali rest. Heatwave is, running to a, is doing a book signing. For his latest book, when Star City comes under attack by the big menacing giant known as Bebo. Bebo's hilarious. Bebo was an entire season plot point in Legends. And it starts off as a very small joke that that does sort of snowball, but in a good way. Um, he uh, There's a part where like they accidentally leave him behind in Nordic, Nordic times. And when they go forward in the future, he becomes a religion. People pray to Bebo. So it's a, it's a really funny, really inside baseball thing. If you watch these shows, that's what that's for. 
And uh, I'm assuming those who are big Legends fans really got a kick out of it. I thought it was funny. Um, but Flash, Supergirl, Adam, Batwoman, and Sarah go to help out until they find out that Bebo isn't real. It's kind of like a hologram. Last time Bebo got this big, it was totem holders that helped create um, this humongous Bebo. So Sarah hits up her people and is like, hey, do you guys still got those totems? And they're like, yeah. Uh, so this isn't a real big Bebo. It's actually an illusion to cover a heist committed by Sargon the Sorcerer. Dan? Sargon obviously. the Sorcerer. Obviously. And... um. Before knocking Sargon out, Sarah states to him that Bebo is off limits. Because they got personal history. At Star Labs, Martian Manhunter restores Caitlyn Snow's memories and even Nash's memories as he apologizes for his actions. This is the part where I put my notes down and just gush over the anger that John Jones had in this moment. This he was a great was moment. Pissed. He was like, you freaking did you, you idiot. Like, you did it. Oh, you can't, you, your idiot self can't remember the thing that you did as an idiot? Well, here's your idiot memory, you idiot. And I was like, damn. I've never seen John Jones as hostile as he was in that moment. But, I mean, he definitely has a reason. He definitely has, uh, you know, Paragon, Paragon, Pariah, did kind of cause all this. So... Giving Pariah his, his just desserts uh, felt right. Especially, like, torturing him with the memories of what he's caused. I thought that was that was very apropos. But, uh, what are we doing? March, yeah. Later that night, Flash and Sarah talk about Oliver's sacrifice, but they're suddenly attacked by shadow demons. Why are there shadow demons? We just killed the Animonitor. What the hell's going on? But... Uh, Ryan and his baby are rescued by Sarah as Martian Manhunter rounds up the other allies. Uh, Pariah explains that the Anti-Monitor is still alive because he has like an Anti-Monitor wristwatch thing. And he's like, it's, there's still mad Anti-Monitor energy in here, yo. So Ryan decides the best way to destroy him. Well, somebody's like, let's throw him into the sun. And he's like, yeah, okay, throw him into the sun. It creates a bigger Anti-Monitor wave and it destroys even more planets. So Ryan Choi... The, the comic book Adam is like, what if we just shrink him into the microverse and he continuously shrinks and gets smaller forever and that's how we deal with the situation. So they decide that that's how they're going to deal with it. Supergirl, Superman, Flash, Savaland, Spartan, Wild Dog, Marion Manhunter, Batwoman, and Dreamer fight the shadow demons that appear. This is the uh, Chitari fight where you notice that there's some people that probably shouldn't be here. You know how you do the Chitauri fight and Hulk is like smashing all these big ass Chitauri whales and punching people and then you see Black Widow like cocking her Glock 9. <laughs> this, this happened in this. Like Alex is, is is here with her gun. Dude, I thought the same thing. I was like, yo, what's with Black Widow clocking like, the Glock you shoot, 9 in here? Can you shoot a Shadow Demon? Very weird. Um, and then like Sarah just has sticks. She just has like batons and she's fighting Shadow Demons. Very weird. Um, but I don't know how Shadow Demons work. Uh, they are. They respond to positive matter. That's how they get destroyed. So maybe these guys are just extra, extra positive. Um. Yeah. So they do all that there. Some of them reassemble into the anti-monitor. Oh, some of the demons reassemble into the anti-monitor, and he begins his plot to erase the multiverse again. Heatwave and Killer Frost work to defend Ray, Ryan, and Nash from the shadow demons and retrieve or receive aid from Black Lightning. Boom! Black Lightning's back who was previously picked up by Martian Manhunter. 
As the anti-monitor grows in height, Flash briefly leaves to help finish a bomb mapped out by Ray, Ryan, and Nash that would shrink anti-monitor into the microverse. Once that was done, Ray becomes the Atom and flies to the battle. After shrinking Superman out of anti-monitor's hands, Supergirl throws the bomb at anti-monitor. He throws it like a girl, by the way. Like a girl. At anti-monitor, who shrinks into the microverse as all his shadow demons disperse. Well, another stolen Marvel idea. They basically took the ending of Ant-Man. With all shrink, yes. shrink, shrinking into the quantum realm, that but you can't go too small because then you're gonna keep shrinking yes. forever and ever. And shit. you're right. You are absolutely right. Um, later that night, the unnamed president of the United States does her presidential address to the nation, where she mentions the anti-monitor's defeat and the sacrifice of Oliver Queen. We see that Diggle got his daughter back, which is a big deal. Diggle and Star- Diggle and Lila had a daughter. Flash did Flashpoint, and when they came back, Diggle's daughter was turned into his son. Now Diggle seems to have both his daughter and his son. Big deal. Next. We now we also see that Kate and Kara are, like, chilling now, which is going to be a big deal. Batman and Superman didn't really hang out like that, but Kate and Kara are hanging out watching TV. We're going to be looking forward to the fruition of that friendship and the eventual crossover where they have to take each other down. Um, and directed by Scott uh, by Zack Snyder's daughter. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Oh, oh, oh terrible, terrible. Um, Lois Lane mentions to her, Clark that they have two sons. The hell is that about? Um, the boys. He's like the boys. He's like yeah, the our boys sons are back in town. She's like our sons. He only had one son, bro. He only had Jonathan. Who the hell is the other kid? What's going on with that? They're getting their own show, so be interesting to see that. Um, the world stands silent in memory of our Emerald Archer. Oliver's voice is heard talking about the multiverse as Earth 2, 9, 12, 19, 21, and 96 are seen. Then we are shown the amalgamated Earth that is now called Earth Prime. Flash, Supergirl, White Canary, Batwoman, Superman, Martian Manhunter, and Black Lightning hold a memorial for Green Arrow as they hold his costume in what is now seemingly going to be the new Hall of Justice. Um... The building that they are in is an old Star Labs facility, but Flash proposes that they meet here on occasion to discuss things, a.k.a. the Hall of Justice, and they would be a sort of quasi-Justice League. He reveals a table and uh, with chairs that all have their logo on it, very Justice League-esque, um, and... Uh, I felt yeah. nothing. I felt everything. I felt nothing. This was a big moment here because I had to see a Justice League movie... That had no heart. I had to see a Justice I didn't League still movie even see it yet. Was, that was forced upon me with characters that were supposed to have weight. I have seen over 50 hours of Arrowverse television easily. Easily. Enough for a two-day binge. Um, so to see that my Arrowverse, the one bit of DC media that I have always been loyal to, loyal to to see them get to a level where they get to have their own Justice League and where they may have a better Justice oh, League. Oh, they definitely will have a better than, Justice League. Than we were given, this is a graduation of sorts. This is a level of promotion here for untold. <laughs> this is our Arrowverse growing up and growing up because of the sacrifice of Oliver Queen, which they talk about. They say that maybe Oliver did this to us. Maybe Oliver allowed us to have a, a new beginning. 
And so to see this new Justice League, to see them together, um, it, it's it's promising. And now that everybody's on the same earth, maybe we'll be seeing a lot more crossover, a lot more cameo. Because they had an excuse last time, and now when there's a world world level ending Well, now threat, there isn't going to be any crossovers because they're all on one earth. There can't be a crossover. There could be a quote-unquote crossover of TV shows, but, but wasn't like, all these crossovers like multiverse crossovers? Like it, it was in a sense, but everyone but Supergirl's on the same earth. Only Supergirl's from a different earth? Until Black Lightning showed up, but Black Lightning showed up last year. And so the, so same, the other... same earth that Arrow and Flash is and on, that's... Legends that, and Batwoman. And Batwoman. That's yeah. all that same Earth 1. Yep. And Supergirl is just the only one from Earth 2? She's from Earth 38. Earth then, 38, okay. Then, uh, so many Earths. Black Lightning's from another Earth. So they brought all those guys together. Um, no, no, now they have more, like I said, more than ever a reason to cross over. There is going to be a reason because now when there's a universe or a world level threat, they should all be tipped off to it because they're all on the same world. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but then are, are, they're going to be called crossovers, but to, I really don't see them as crossovers. But that would be the same as... thing as saying that any, it, any that, comic book crossover yeah, is not, not a crossover on the same earth. Yeah. Okay. It's crossing over titles, crossing over characters. Yes. A monkey is heard. A monkey is... I thought as, it was Joker As laughing. they work to deal with some pest control, an open cage is seen with the name Gleek on it. The final show uh, shows the building that resembles a Hall of Justice. That's the final scene. I'm sorry. You see the Hall of Justice. Are you familiar with what the Gleek thing is? I have no idea. I was going to wait till the podcast to ask what the hell Gleek is. And you know I have the answer because that's what we do here on the Major Issues Podcast. Gleek is the uh, Wonder Twins pet monkey. I knew... <gasps> Oh, you popping for Yeah, now I'm popping for Now I'm popping for Damien. That makes so much more sense now. It that all makes, makes so much sense. more sense. That's why this Wonder Twins. Is awesome. Oh, damn. So the, they even played the Super Friends theme song when they show the cage, and I'll show you. In I, kn- I knew that sounded like, familiar. But it's like... Which is pretty awesome. Earth Prime isn't the only one changed, though. Like I said, we smushed everything all together. Now we have Earth Prime, which includes Freeland. The very, very hood city that Black Lightning's from. National City, the city that um, Supergirl's from. Central City, Gotham, Star City. This is, it's going to get pretty crowded, but I'm very interested in seeing how this is going to go. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the only one. And we get to see new Earths being made. New Earths being created. Are you ready for a description of some of these Earths? The first one we see is Earth 2, home of Stargirl. A superhero show that's going to be coming soon that's going to air on both DC Universe and the CW. It's made by Greg Perlanti and the showrunner is Jeff Johns. And it stars Breck Basinger as a titular hero and Luke Wilson as her sidekick in a giant robot suit. And you saw the robot. Yeah. So we see an Earth where that exists. Earth 12. The Earth where Green Lantern's movie exists. That's Uh, great. But again... the executive producers for the crossover, Mark Guggenheim and Greg Bernanti, both co-wrote this movie. So it's about it's fitting that they saved that movie's universe because they co-wrote it. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Earth 19, the home of the canceled Swamp Thing TV series. We got to see Alec Holland, a.k.a. Swampy. Poor guy was just sitting there. Yo, he was just sitting there. Um Earth 9, home of DC Universe's Titans, which was renewed for a third season. I can't last believe year. that 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 these, that, that Titans is its own universe than Doom Patrol. I'm going to explain all that in a second. 
Um, and then Earth 21, the greatest Earth to DC's Doom Patrol. Yo, how, how beautiful is it to and just see them just dancing? Dance, they're just dancing. Just dancing along. Literally, Cyborg and Robot Man are doing like the kids in play Bro, dance. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're holding hands. Like Crazy Jane has uh, a smile on her Larry's face. Larry's twerking. I don't know what's going on in that instance. He's it doesn't matter. Seen. They're having fun, He's George. Living his it best doesn't life. matter. But here's to explain this. So, Doom Patrol, if you've watched season one of Doom Patrol, and I could do this without giving any spoilers, they never mention when one member gets on their team. They have never mentioned how they got Beast Boy. Yeah. They only mention how they got Beast Boy on Titans, the Titans episode of Doom Patrol. Also, in the Titans episode of Doom Patrol, the Doom Patrol is not headed by Timothy Dalton. It's headed by a different actor. So... They have effectively separated those two universes to say that there is a Doom Patrol on the Earth that Titans exists on, but it is the Doom Patrol that we met, which is not the same Doom Patrol as the Doom Patrol that we that, love. That we love. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so all that to say that. And then it ends with Brandon Rouse, Man of Steel. That's the one uh, I want to bring up. Superman I can't believe Return that they really is. did that Superman Returns the shot. shot. Yeah, the the, shot. like the final yeah. shot of the movie. With the like the with like the grainy earth in the back, like the faded kind of eighties kind of. And it's so crazy because that's also the shot that's also the same Christopher Reeves shot. Yes. Like that's the original yeah. Christopher yeah. Reeves shot. And it's beautiful. 100%. Every, the whole just right it's, the... it's a nod to their first big movie. And it's their that's first big block. So beautiful. Block that Buster. I felt something for that. When I saw Brandon Ralph do that whole fly and it showed all of the different multiverses and, yeah. and Oliver Queens was doing the voiceover, that I felt something. I was like, damn, now that's a that's beautiful. That's how you do a love letter to this damn community. It was a hell of a moment. Like I said, it was just a love letter to all of DC media. I thought it was so freaking cool. But uh what what was your favorite cameo? Uh definitely Flash. Flash that flash, because because yeah. it was it was huge. It was it was huge for me. Like, damn, I can't believe they really brought Flash from the movie to talk to the Flash in the TV show, and it just works in so many ways. You think the crossover is gonna work the same the other way around? You think Flash might show up over in the DCEU? I would love to see a flat to see Flash show up in the DCEU. That would be pretty damn cool. Um. I think Flash is my favorite cameo too. I definitely like Brandon Ralph, but I don't consider that a cameo because he's already in the show Legends. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go with Flash as well. It's definitely the most surprising. I think I would have been surprised to see the other. Did they ones keep that under wraps and not no drop? No, no one knew that. No one knew that. that. No. Good, good. No At least they kept that. something under wraps. Damn it! I think that might have been the reason why. I think they they kept it under wraps because Tom uh, they gave, also. I think they gave so much because they knew they had one left that they could keep in their pocket. And because they gave so much, no one would ever question what they had left. But that was the biggest one that they could have dropped and glad glad they, they kept it on this side. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, Tom Welling was definitely would be up there and as another favorite cameo of mine because he knocked out John Cryer like nothing. Oh, still faster than you. Like, man, that <laughs> really, stuff really is good. awesome. Who are your MVPs of this crossover? Uh, Well, definitely John Cryer. And I would have to give it to... Damn, Brandon Routh really was doing his thing this show. Like, he was... One, he had to pull double duty. Who else was pulling two-character double duties? Like, he had to be Superman and the Atom. So, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And when he was Superman, he was giving me a really broken but, you know, hopeful Superman. For a Superman that happened to lose everybody in his world, he was still being, you know, the beacon of hope. Yeah. 
I think um, Sarah did a lot of heavy lifting as well. Sarah did a lot of um, heavy lifting too, especially having to keep the arrow-like tone. They've definitely given that actress, Katie Lotz, and that character a lot more to do than I ever thought. I love her and, and Ray Palmer together. Her and Brandon Ralph together. Like, yeah. Sarah and Ray Palmer together is brilliant to She's me. a hell of a character. She's... I might start watching Legends, actually. I heard it's a, a bit of a lighter affair. See, you know, the, the, the thing is, I, a lot of people that I talk to, they, they don't like Legends. They love Flash. They love Arrow. Love Supergirl. Love Batwoman. Legends, it's like, eh, it comes and goes. If that's the case, if not so many people like Legends, I think I might like Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be always a contrarian. Um, what what what's some of the funniest moments of this crossover? Uh, funniest moments of the crossover would definitely be the way these uh people react to each other. Oh, people's first like reactions. I liked Black Lightning going Superman's real. Oh shit! <laughs> or um, <coughs> oh no, one of one was uh what's it called with uh, Ray Choi, uh, Rob, what was Ryan Choi? Yeah. Where he's like, oh my, oh my God, it's you. An elongated man goes to step up, like, and then he's like, Mr. Palmer, like, Dr. Palmer, oh, you're yeah, like my yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, damn. Yeah. I, knew they were, I knew they were going that route, and it just still couldn't, it would never fear, never fails to get me to laugh, yeah. even though I know that that joke was coming, but it still gets me to smile. It's like, damn it, when they do it right, they do it right. I did find the, the I find basically anything Giant Cry was in kind of funny. Um, I found the baby stuff to be funny. Only the baby mix stuff, I thought that was a little bit funny. Um, but funniest moment I would have to go with um, punching John Cryer just like just not caring punching John Cryer and not caring and punching Harbinger Batwoman just punching Harbinger because she was in a bad mood Um, unexpected surprises obviously Flash is the big one Uh, I would have to say the very very melancholy uh, Bruce Wayne killing off Bruce Wayne definitely surprising to me I didn't didn't think they were going to do something like that they could have leaving the baby Sarah back giving more children to Superman that's also a kind of a big deal um, I actually thought that the last episode of Arrow was going to be more of a backdoor pilot to the show that his his daughter's going to be on but it wasn't so that was interesting uh, I don't know when they're going to set up that yeah they that uh, they did no kind of setup for that yeah usually in a situation like that they do like a backdoor pilot oh cameos duh Spectre oh, I no, never thought the surprises of Ali becoming Spectre to just seeing the green eyes yeah. and and knowing like, oh, god damn it. Because all I got was getting Batman damned flashbacks of like Batman fighting and Spectre just chopping into different like people trying to get him to stop fighting like the, the mob. Like, Bebo was definitely a, a surprise. Listen, I was not expecting that. Bebo, Bebo is off limits. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Bebo is not off limits. Episodes of this podcast. The episodes of this podcast are never off limits. They and are you, here for you. And that's the thing. You can find every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast wherever podcasts are found. But most importantly, you can find it at our official home, comicbookclick.com. You guys don't have to look for us anymore because we're already here waiting to be found. That's it. Comicbookclick.com, ladies and gentlemen. Go to comicbookclick.com and you will find the latest episodes of the Major Issues Podcast and all of our episodes of the Major Issues Podcast. That's over 100 and seven hours of content dealing with all the greatest and latest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're available wherever podcasts are found on Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast, the Apple Podcast app, or you can just go to Google and type in Major Issues Podcast and we'll be the first ones to pop right up, uh, which is exciting. And now we have a website, which is also exciting. And so go there. Um, you can leave us uh, feedback right there on the website, but if you'd like to 
visit us or follow us throughout our social media uh, accounts. You can go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and learn what you love and don't love about our podcast. We're always moving and always trying to improve, so let us know what you dig and what you don't. Uh, episodes of Crisis, epi- uh, our, our episode reviewing the Crisis comic, our episode reviewing uh, the Kingdom Come comic, all these uh, are in our backlogs. Listen to them, give us some feedback, um, and we would love to hear from you about what you thought about this whole entire episode uh, or this entire crossover. Tell me what you like, tell me what you didn't like, and get ready because next week we have an, uh, a war. There's a war on, on our hands. Uh oh. A war. Of the realms, so get prepared because we're going to the, the nine realms. We're at war, and we're gonna find out if we truly are worthy. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I am Dan, the comic book man, and this has been our Crisis on Infinite Earths Arrowverse recap and review. And remember, whether your Earth lived or whether it died, whether you were the paragon of hope, truth, or humanity, whether you gave away your powers because you didn't feel like having them, or whether your entire Earth was destroyed, remember that you have a team here. Remember that we are the Justice League, and remember that you, yes, you, are worthy. 